Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And we are back. Round 15 is in the books of the short round in the NRL. Origin is now upon us Sunday night. We are only a couple of sleeps away. Boxhead from the action Wednesday up at Suncorp. You excited? Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. Always look forward to some <clears throat> Origin football. Um, I've recovered from game one. I have it. As soon as, soon as game one. Mate, as soon as game one was over, <clears throat> I, I, like I said, we lost the neutral game and we're heading to Suncorp. I think we're fucked. Mm. That's just me. Mm. Mm. But we'll see what happens. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with a true blue bookie. Charity account, I decided against using it for the games in the weekend. I pushed it to Origin, and I've gone Munster into Queensland to win. As much of a sacrilege that is as a New South Welshman, but I'm just thinking about the account, so... If you're a Blues fan right now and you're angry with me, well then, rack off. That's okay. Okay? Because they should have got their job done at the neutral venue with the lead they had and a man in the bin. But they blew it. They blew it. Alrighty. What do you want to do first, mate? You want to review that round or jump into the preview? Yeah, let's do that. Let's review the round. <clears throat> let's right. review the round, mate. The round review is brought to you by Sinclair Hyundai. All right? Toby and the team there, they'll get you moving with a nice set of wheels. Corner of York Road and Bat Street, Penrith. You know, or call on the landline if you still got one. Four seven six zero zero six zero three. Thank mm. you, Toby. Mm. Yeah, okay. First one, uh, Cowboys 27-23 over the Panthers. Uh, plenty missing for both sides. I still thought it was actually a pretty good scrap, this one. But I must say, for the Cowboys side of things, I thought they just tried to give it away in the first half. Yeah. They missed that many tackles. Their right edge even with the players that are missing, has been absolutely diabolical defensively. Penrith were so good still out of the backfield. They played pretty much to their system and their style, regardless of who's subbed out. Cogger was doing a, a decent job. Salmon was nice on some of those shapes. You see why he came through as a junior six, even though he's a bigger body now. Can do a job there. He was a run threat. Um, but the second half, Cowboys tightened things up. And once they did that, they got a couple of errors. They got some chances. They were able to reel them back in and get themselves an opportunity. But honestly, I I felt like Penrith still probably should have won this. I think the Cowboys gave them plenty of opportunity. And yeah, I know they gave yeah. as many chances back, but I, I literally thought the Cowboys blew it multiple times. Agree. Absolutely. And that was yeah, just my yeah. feelings towards it. So at the end of the day... Penrith though, blew it multiple times, you mean? Oh, I thought the Cowboys as well muffed the opportunities that they were given. Yeah. Both yeah. ways. But I'm like, for Penrith, it's not a, a must-win. For the Cowboys, I was like, this is a must-win. It's incredible that... Penrith can take out their two halves and still be ultra competitive. But the Cowboys had Tom Lolo come back. He was awesome in that second stint. Unbelievable, yeah. Um, Considering thought, the length of time he's had out as well. It's probably no news to anyone who's been listening to this podcast since he debuted at Brisbane. <laughs> but if not, breaking news, I have a massive man crash on Tommy Dearden. He was good. Very good. He's such yeah, a good footballer. Very good. What, listen, like this goes back to when Seabold had the Broncos. Like He was saying... 
you need to persist, need to persist, need yeah, to persist. Stick with him. And they panicked Brisbane and punted him. And now you're like, this is what happens when you persist for the half. Uh, no hate. Well, look at what he did in Game Three of Origin last year. No hate for me that they got Reynolds and Reynolds is really good. But I said at the time, to me, they had their future halfback. It just needed someone to coach him or, or well, trust in him. And the foolish element of getting Reynolds was moving Deaton. Well, that's it would the have thing. been great they, to they have punted him together and. and the Cowboys yeah. swooped in and were like, beautiful. Mm. This kid's good, and he is good. Absolutely. And the scary part is, he's only 22. Yeah. He's Mind played you. that much Ezra first. Man looks pretty good too. Yeah, but I, him and Dearden could have been your halves for the next decade. Yeah. That's if, your halves. If you want to go away from having Reynolds, yeah. Yeah, but like I said, Reynolds for the buy and for what it is for three years, if they don't win a comp and you've given up Dearden and you lost Walker. Yeah, I think they, they probably need to at least play in a grand final to justify, to justify it. the purchase. And I again, that. that's, that's the reason that's why they bought it. Yeah. Because I really liked it, and that's more the reason when I saw that, I was like, wow, mm. okay. I just think with the forwards and what they had there, I would have persisted a bit longer. But the Cowboys are the beneficiary. Yeah. And they're not complaining, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I thought he, he made a huge difference in this game. The run try, um, he was a threat there constantly, going down that edge, challenging inside shoulders. He's a tough bastard with his defense. And that long pass he threw, he saw that Tungo was coming in, still was able to slide it through that window and hit the winger. Uh, Tamalolo's second stint was huge. And I laughed in the preview. I think they spoke to Reuben Cotter, and Reuben Cotter was sort of talking about, you know, sometimes he even jumps out of dummy half. And the run that led to the try or the play the ball was that scoot. Yeah. And I'm not surprised. Like, the big man, he moves. Hmm. He moves very well. But, yeah, the errors that come from, you know, Edwards, Luciano, the challenge call, there was a lot of opportunities on both sides. Probably the one that really got me where I thought it was game over when Chad tried to have a lash from like fifty out and gave away that seven tackle set. Yeah, I sort of thought this would be this would be the one, but uh, multiple shots, multiple cracks back and forth, couple of errors out of one another. Drink water off the three pass, uh, great piece of injury to play, but they're all cooked. Yeah, by true. that stage. So I think for the Cowboys, when you look at it in context, and this is the other reason I fucking hate the boys, they technically only have nine games left, but you, you don't get that with that jumbled ladder, so you need to look at it. So they're now on seven wins. They have to win minimum five. So it's still a difficult position to be. It is, yeah, yeah. But this this bloody muffed, muffed up ladder and everything being uneven doesn't give you that picture. So they've got stop less talking, games. Stop talking about it. Just look at look at games played. Look at wins. That's what people just need to look at wins. Look at wins and know that yeah, they're going to play twenty four. You need to get to twelve to be a chance. That's, yeah, exactly. Doesn't even mean you're going to get in. So for them, like I said, in the context of their season, that was huge. They had to win it. So they got away with it, thankfully. Yeah, I, I, look, and I'm doing this with the New South Wales Cup ladder as well. Look at wins. There's a lot more draws in New South Wales Cup, but yeah, without the golden point side of things, obviously well, we've had two draws. But so it's just essentially important. an extra win. Yeah, like yeah, because <clears throat> you've got right. a log jam, and the difference is a game that you didn't lose, and that gets you in. Well, correct. Just look at wins at the, the moment. One. Take the buys out of it. Don't look at points. I remember we used to have them in the twenties too, and it worked that way. Same deal. You'd look, and there'd be a couple of teams that had two or three draws during the year, and it, yeah. it made the difference a couple of times yeah. where a team slid into the bottom half. Both or, times we've had a draw, boys have been pretty disappointed because we probably should have won both games. But mm. you go, well, at least still better got, than losing. At least we've got one win out of the two. Really, that's that's essentially what two draws is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, for the Cowboys again, a lot of players missing. Like we said, health was an issue at the start of the year. But 60 missed tackles, and in particular that right side, needs to be better. God bless Drake Gran- uh, Jake Granville. He's been around. He's done a job for him. But I know Cotter is probably the other backup nine option if they don't have Robson. But if that's sort of their only option, if those two are not there, they, they need to improve that situation. Yeah, Because he tried his ass off, but they've only been using him for 10, 15 minutes here or there. 
threw him out there for 80. He was bouncing off everybody. Yeah. The poor bastard. He was wrecked. Like, that was a huge ask. Mm. So I can't blame him. But some of the misses were abhorrent. I'm like, well, to be fair to the poor bugger, he's played bugger or footy for three years. Yeah. And now you're asking a bloke who's 33, played a heap of cup, a lot of NRL, to go plug 80, and then it ends up going to gold point. So, <clears throat> yeah. Good win. Much needed. Drink he did. And thought Felt was really, really good in response to, I don't know if he was rested from injury. Or essentially dropped for Valamo, but I certainly thought he played a lot better than Valamo. Yeah. He also came up with a couple of errors. Neem's good off the bench, but question mark now over Lukey for them. They reckon he possibly broke his jaw. So he's had a terrible run of injury. <laughs> the poor bugger. Uh, and for Penrith, Edwards unfortunately came up with the error that proved to be crucial, but he was huge. 333 metres, using everything. Taruva was great. Um, and then we saw, like we said, Cogger, good job. Salmon did a good job. A lot of those guys plugged in and did their part. So if you're Ivan Cleary, I guess you look at that and you got what you'd hope for. You got a lot of guys putting the hand up that if you do need one or two of them at some point and you get a couple of injuries, they can certainly fill a spot for you. Yeah. So that's the positive from the Penrith side of things. I also agree in the end whether it was, I think his partner gave birth, but Moses didn't play either. Even on the back of the concussion <clears> where they're at, there's no need to send him up there if you don't have to. No, I agree. I agree. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think for Penrith... Nothing really lost in this situation, I guess. But for the Cowboys, it was much needed. No, a lot of admiration. Roosters, Knights. Uh, I didn't get to see this one as much because of commentating, so I only watched the mini sort of version today. But yeah, from looking at this, from listening a little bit and then sort of flicking through the full version quickly. For the Roosters, I look at this similar deal. It, it was a tough one. They lose Kiri after 20-something minutes. Sand and Smith, though, I think definitely provided a little bit more of what they needed, having a couple of halves on the field and today having Hutchison there proved to be obviously helpful when you lose Kiri to have two genuine halves in those positions rather than a Manu or whatnot. But at the end of the day for them, regardless of how these come about, they just needed to win. Yeah. And they were lucky in the end because multiple times, you know, they come down that right side. They busted him a few times. Ponga had his hand in Gagai. Dom Young, they had some try savers. Um, but... When Best picked up that loose ball from the last play tackle between Crichton and Sandon, I was a little bit worried that they might have get run down. But for for them at this point in time, like we said, it's just hold on for dear life and hope that you can sort of pull something together. But if Walker is still a week or two away and they're not sure about the ACL strain, because it's one thing to strain part of your knee, but your ACL is not, not something you want any lettering or any link to in terms of an injury. No, but true. if Kiri's got a broken jaw and Walker's not available... I don't know what they do next week. If it's going to be Hutch and Sandin moving forward, I'm willing to put a pen through them right now. And I'm already very close to putting a pen through them. It's purely on what's there and how they should be performed, which is a lot better than what they are. But if that's the case, and we obviously know Turpin's obviously plugged in at the moment for a few more weeks, then I think they're, they're done. Close to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah. We, like I said, you're looking at it now, you, you basically need seven or eight to be in touch. They've got another origin game to come. They've been playing horrendously. And it's a matter of you've got to keep winning. They have no more room for error. They have to keep winning. And they're in a similar boat where they need probably five more wins from the games they've got left. Yeah. So And that's at a minimum, just to make sure you get close to the bottom. That log jam's probably made it that it might be 13 games this year. We don't know. So Yeah, exactly. Could that's be a higher saying. benchmark. Could be 12 at least. But I think with a few losses this weekend, that gap's starting to finally happen. Like, I think the Manly loss hurts. I think Newcastle, similar deal. That loss hurt. Um, and then, you know, Parramatta winning, the Cowboys winning. There's a couple there that sort of kept themselves 
on that fringe there, but I think that divide could start to open up in the next week or two. Those few teams, it'll start to get a little bit out of touch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, you know, Ponga, that early deflection try, I sort of thought this could be one of those days where, you know, Newcastle rack up a bit of a score and do what they do best. But I'll give some credit to the Newcastle side of things. Uh, sorry, the Rooster side of things. They, they dug deep. They found a try pretty early after that, which was pretty ordinary defense, to be honest. Like, Sandon didn't even really throw a dummy and sort of slides through for Nat and the best error that leads to, you know, the next try. And then Kiri drops the kickoff. It was it was a bit of a weird game, but... Um, yeah, well, I, yeah, you felt... I felt like the Roosters probably could have scored two or three more, but same as Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle left a lot points of, out there. Yeah, disallowed tries and... yeah. There's a couple of Stop nice saves. Gagai got dropped. Uh, a lot of referee interference. A lot of video referee interference. It's frustrating. Mm. I think, yeah, for Newcastle, Pong was good again. Gagai uh, with the ball. Jacob had a pretty good run. His brother was out here at the start, and they missed Frizz. But for the Roosters, like, he's, he's your Mr. Consistent every week. Nat Butcher was fantastic. Yeah. Like, he's, he's already the leading tackler in the NRL. But moving to that middle role today... That swap with Satili, probably just from a leg speed perspective, was probably not a bad thing. Mm. Satili's probably better off there. Uh, Manu, no surprise when he's at fullback and he gets that freedom. He's always good. Nice dummy and run when he sold Ponga, 300 plus metres. Like when he's just able to touch the football more, it's always a positive, especially the position they're in right now. Yeah. Um, and Tupo, I think, was a good in for them because I sort of thought one thing that was really lacking is their backfield. And like he's been back two weeks now. He's sort of warming up, but 290 metres and just some valuable carries. It's been something you haven't questioned really for a long time from the Roosters, but with their middle and their forwards in particular still not going the greatest, I think they really do need that back end of the field to be pairing. Um, yeah, I agree. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see next week because if he, it is a busted jaw, well, then it's Hutchison, Sand and Smith, and I haven't looked at their draw or how many games they've got left off that same remark I made about the Cowboys, but if that's going to be the case for the next few weeks and Walker's not available... Plus the origin game still to come. Well, yeah, I, I can't see a way that they go on a run like they did last year. But, no, I don't, I don't think so either. Yeah, Newcastle's starting to get out of touch as well. But leaving that one behind, Eels Manly, this one was pretty ordinary. And this is, I guess, what we talked about with Manly where I can't get a gauge. Like, you can sit there and go, oh, well, you know, they always play like this without DC and without Tom. But on the other side, you're missing Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, Junior Paulo as well. But in particular, both your halves and their quality halves at that. And they've got Madison and Arcee. Like I, we said it last week and said it before. Like, I'm surprised that RC was moved on as quickly as he was from a couple of clubs. In particular, the Cowboys side of things. I know they've got a lot coming through their pathway. Um, they've got Duffy and Burke and obviously Dearden moved over as well. But like from the Warriors perspective and where they're at, I know they've got a logjam sort of coming now, but I probably would have tried to hold on to him. Um, the fact that he was looking for a contract is more probably what surprised me. Mm. So for Parramatta... He did a really good job. Yeah, well, like, he's been doing a really competent job in New South Wales Cup as well, like we expected to sort of run into him yesterday. But with the Dylan Brown situation and then Moses getting called up, it's, uh, yeah, it's opened up an opportunity for him and he's been more than competent, mm. more than competent. Like, but, but again, I had some concerns so about his, yeah, about his kicking game and, you know, just whether he'd be able to play at that level, but... Like teams quit on halves way too quickly. Agree. It's just one of these things agree. we've talked about for years now, and it's just another one I don't get where you're like, okay, guy that can play six, can play one, he's got good feet, can play <clears> in the centers if you really need him to, but he's 22. Yeah. Why are you, like, no one says you have to offer him a squillion, and it's not like he's had a lot of options either, but, like, these are the sort of guys you want to keep around just to make sure 
you've got a good backup or there's some room for development because in a situation like this that pops up, if you're Parramatta, you're like, beautiful. We've got a guy that was a junior rep star who's been flicked from two clubs in two years and he's sitting there waiting and you look at what he's providing. Yeah. Like, they're the sort of guys I, yeah. If you've got a quality half and he's not hit home run first up, you don't quit on him unless you know you've got more come through the pipeline and it's going to block up. But, yeah, I know it's only two games, but I just think, yeah, competent guys like that, they can play multiple positions in particular on top of it, uh, people that you should be really addressing on the edge of your 30 or yeah, in your top correct. 25 going, all right, because <clears throat> it's not just, oh, we need to get the best 17 or we need two really good halves. You've got to plan for everything. Mm. And clubs just don't do a good enough job of it, in particular with halves and hookers. Yeah. So this one for Paramount has worked out really well. But if I'm being honest, for Manly, they were poor. Um, 66% complete, uh, completion rate. 1,100 metres, 30 metres a set compared to 40 plus for power. Like, that just never looked like a part of it, to be honest. Um, and probably the worst part is just what we've seen so far from them that I can't get my head around. Like, they can roll up for the storm and be ultra physical and bash the absolute shit out of them, roll into Canberra and absolutely do their best. Like, last week, it was hard to read much in it, like I said, because you had a lot of guys inexperienced and in injuries playing for the Dolphins and they lit them up. But the, the difference between their best and worst right now is absolutely poles apart. And the excuse of Tom and DC doesn't stack up when they're missing two rep halves on Parramatta side of things either. Plus Paula. Yeah, that's all. But that's all fair argument. And Seabold said that in the press conference afterwards. I, I honestly thought I think Manly. Excuses. I thought Manly would have been much more up for this, but they were ordinary. Yeah, they, they weren't. Um, the Simbin, Particularly, yeah, the, the Simbin didn't help. Nah, but I, I still, still thought they like, were off. How frequently that happens now, you need to be better at defending it. Yeah. So and they got one back on that. To be honest, if we get it to twelve six, and I thought sort of thought, okay, maybe they'll be able to steady things. But yeah, there was some soft ones in the middle, like the Olakowatu one, where you try to strip on the goal line. Like you shouldn't be doing that. And the right edge, like last week again against the Dolphins, they were red hot. But defensively this week, they were disconnected. They got pulled apart a few times. Gutherson had his hand and a lot of good football. Simonson had one of his best games in grade. And I was also surprised about all the questions about Matto playing in the halves. Like I know he's a big unit. But he played all his junior football there. He can certainly do a job if you need him to. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And for, he, the, uh, for the most part, he was a runner. He handled it. Yeah, and he handled it. And why wouldn't he? Mm. Um, Hop good, good. Ogden, one of his better games in first grade. But again, like watching a lot of cup, Ogden was doing some really good things yeah. in his South Wales Cup. And it's shown here where he's been entrusted to get some minutes. He he provided. Yeah, Makatoa has got yeah. more minutes as the years going on, which is a good thing for Arthur because, like we said, at some point you're going to have to get that trust. Yeah, because when you get these injuries where Greg's now out and Campbell Gillard missed, like at some point, you're going to need it. It would have been a strange day for Jake yesterday, just... 100%. You know, firstly, seeing seeing us like get a win in New South Wales Cup and, you know, for a team, like majority of the time he was playing New South Wales Cup for Parramatta. Yeah. So, you know, and the wheels have just completely fallen off that team recently since he has made the move. And there's other factors around that as well. And, you know, we spoke about with Moses going and... Um, yeah, Dylan being out as well. Dylan, Dylan out. They've had some forward injuries over yeah, the last few so weeks. So they've, as they've well. had a lot of things impact on the form of that team. But yeah, and then to get beat up like that, it, yeah, it wouldn't have been good. And he's like just Mister Footy. He wants he wants to watch footy. He wants to learn footy. He wants to talk footy. And he seems like a pretty competitive guy. So yeah, it would have stung, no doubt. That's for sure. He would have wanted to. Not personally, I just think from a team perspective to give a better account of themselves yesterday. And I think 
Yeah, in, in a way, Manly let Jake down a little bit yesterday. Just yeah. with the way that they, they did perform. and Yeah, it was a tough, tough situation. Particularly with the fact that he's, you know, he's only been there for two weeks and then he has to go back there so quickly. Yeah. And that was just the way that the draw worked out. But And I still think it was the right decision, uh, given, like we said, the crap he was dealing with. And, to go, you know, to go, and his old no man. doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. I just think Manly, yeah, they, they should have been more up for that. One hundred percent. But I, I, they should have been up for it more from the perspective. Like I said, you want to get disconnected. The draw might help them in the end, but they're technically now two wins out of the eight. You're sort of on par with the other team in terms of what you're missing in key positions. Yeah. How many wins are they out of the eight? Two. Eight is now eighth. Yeah. So with a draw, they're still two wins out. So they're what are they? Manly they're six, six with wins. a draw. Yeah. There you go. So eight is now. The cutoff line. So, so they're, game, they're one and a half out. There. The Roosters, obviously, like I said, are seven. The Dolphins are seven. The Cowboys are seven. They're all now just on the outside. Yeah, right. But that loss for them, Newcastle, these sort of teams, dogs, obviously, the wheels are really falling off that right now. Five, like all those teams now, are three away. So that log jam is still there until about 11th. But if you're talking like another loss for me and then any of those teams skip away above you, yeah. before you know it, you're going to be three wins out. Yeah. So there'll still be a nice log jam there. Yeah. But that log jam started off as 14, 15 teams in a few weeks could more likely be 10 or 11. Yeah. Trying to fight for those bottom two or three spots. Yeah. So, yeah, like that, it's it's pretty crucial. But, yeah, I just thought the way they've been playing with their forward pack, or when you, you see their best, I, there was no reason where physically with Paseca and the guys they've got, they shouldn't have matched up with power. True. But they just didn't give themselves a chance. No. That's the disappointing part, but... Yeah, I don't have much positive on their side of things, uh, unfortunately. And like I said, they, they need to get moving because when you start to rely on results or again start having to count and go, okay, how many do we need? What have we got left? Then, yeah, they've got 10 left. They still essentially probably need to win half, uh, yeah. six of that 10 yep. to have a chance with the draw to being in their benefit. Yeah, the, the draw will be a positive. And like form. I said, that's not what you want to be hearing. I mentioned the Roosters before. They've got 10 left as well. So they need probably five. They need to go 50-50 minimum. Yeah. Depending on what the bottom of the eight is. But that could be high this year. So that may not be enough. <clears throat> uh, but we'll leave this one behind. Yeah, I think of, with the extra team, it's probably going to bump it an extra win. Yeah, like I said, this year, the, usually the top four the last few years has been so far and away. The only team who's clear right now is Brisbane. Yeah. They've got nine games remaining. But they've won 11. But then you've got Penrith, nine... Storm nine, or Penrith and Storm in. Rabbitohs nine, and Rabbitohs then you've got four teams on eight, all just parked at the bottom. <clears throat> yeah. So Melbourne's got ten up their sleeve. Sharks got ten. Penrith's got ten. The only other two in the eight right now that have played the extra game are the Eels and the Rabbitohs. Yeah. So the Eels have got nine left, but they're now on eight. Mm. So again, they're at least probably ahead of where they want to be. Yeah, you're probably going to go five wins. They're above five hundred. Guarantee yourself. Yeah, Souths are above 500, etc. Those teams that have played yep. the extra game so far. But realistically, probably one of those teams who have won eight at this point in time is going to miss the eight. Yeah, well, I think. So if you're on six like Manly, you probably they probably they probably need seven, and then the buy will. Well, then on top of that, like I said, Origin and who's getting better or who's coming in. Like I could see the Cowboys pulling a run together. We're getting some troops back. How many wins have they got? Seven, but they've played... They've so they're been, ahead of Manly now in wins. Yeah. Yeah, well, But they've played an extra game. <clears throat> yeah. 
But that's that's saying that Manly actually win their next. Yeah, game. I know. And that's yeah. what I'm sort of saying. Like, but they're also getting true. Because Manly back. going to Melbourne this week, so that's not going to get any easier. Off the back of Origin, and then they yeah. play uh, the Roosters at Brookvale. So, well, their, their boys are going to need to back up because if they don't, yeah, well, yeah, I'd, I, that's yeah. Like you said, I've got nothing to do with that. It's mm. starting to get tough. But yeah, I think that'll certainly it'll certainly uh, have an impact on some of the decisions that are made around resting. That's for sure. Mm, I agree with you there, but we'll leave that one behind. Uh, but like we said, it's starting to get testy for a few of those teams that were in touch with that log jam. Do you think? And this is throwing one out there, and I'd be interested to hear what fans think about this. Post Origin, like if we're going to continue to play Origin on a Wednesday, is there any reason why you couldn't play a shortened round the whole day Sunday? What do you like mean? not have not everyone have, play Sunday, yeah. Or it's a seven game round after Origin, isn't it? It's I was just I was thinking three about it yesterday, and I was like, mate, like, is surely there's got to be a better way than I know, but you know what it all comes down to TV deal, yeah. I know that, but what, what like, I'm saying, like, the impact it has on the comp, like yesterday, that manly power game, you go, like, well, this is how still- are we playing this without. Yeah, this is still uh, that argument in 20, 2020 that like this it. was one of the fairest comps, and people are like, "Oh, it wasn't fair." I'm like, "Well, it was because no one lost their players due to Origin." That's we, true. We played twenty straight That's games, and then if you want to argue circumstances, yeah. people are like, "Well, Canberra had to travel," or Melbourne, well, Melbourne fucking got I'm kicked tossing out, of, it out there, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's we got kicked out of our stadium, had to move states, and like, you know, people had worse circumstances than others, sure, but in terms of football disruption 20 games and finals yeah everyone it was the only team. year that no one had to worry about origin disruption yeah the result of oh we're short this week or this person's in camp like it just took all that out of it it was just 20 straight up games that's very true that's it so yes there was some small circumstances whether I'd love to hear some ideas through know. the um, discussion group because yeah I, well this is why I didn't write the uh, the book on rugby league I'm just tossing it out there like the NFL does it they all play on one day in England EPL usually play like match days, don't they? Where majority of the games are on one day. They have yeah, a few well, here and there, which they're, they're are dealing, standalone they're dealing games. They're dealing with a lot, though. They've got Europe, I, FA No, Cup, I get that. I get, but what I'm like, saying is for three rounds a year, surely we can do it better than well, this, how we do it This is why currently. people say this should be an international window or a back-to-back sort of scenario like, and try and close up the comp for that time. But I, I still, I I still think, think it's I got the same effect. I don't think you can close the comp up. That's my point, though. It's still got the same effect to me where you're risking players and injuries and impacting... The NRL, the only fair way to still do it is outside of the comp, but a lot of people argue that didn't work when we did it a few years ago. Yeah. I don't think it was the same a few years ago because it was the first year out of the bubble. Probably and I know for a fact without naming a few people that didn't want to go into camp. So, so it makes it a four-day turnaround. Hmm. I know a few blokes who didn't want to go into camp, but you think they're locked up for the whole year? Mm. Probably still doesn't fix it, like a four-day turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> and then others say, well, back-to-back three games of Origins too much. Over three weeks for them. Well, there, there is no perfect solution. Or then I'd say on the back of that, right, could you flex it and have the teams that are more impacted by Origin play on the Sunday? But I suppose then you go, people are buying tickets. Well, and- it looks like they sort of may have tried that first way around. Like Melbourne played Sunday, Penrith played Sunday. There's a few of the teams that did play Sunday. And I yeah. That's probably fair. That is fair, yeah. I'd- but you can't nail that every year, obviously. No. But like, yeah, this weekend, you know, a couple of them are playing on Saturday that have a lot of players and you're like, okay. It's probably unfair to people who travel to games, long distances, mm. and lock-in accommodation, etc., to say that for three rounds a year, those those fixtures are going to be flexible. Well, your answer is what we always know. Unfortunately, everything can't be perfect, and there's no... Per- yeah. no I, you know. I just yeah, I really don't like the impact that Origin has on the competition. I, no, I've, I hate it. 
as a team, like again, supporting a team that's been impacted for a long time, uh, always worried more about injuries when you contribute so yeah. many. Yeah, that too. Because every year you're sitting there just basically gasping your way through and, oh, this guy's got a niggle or this is happening. You're like, no, no. Did you like Origin at the end of the year? I didn't have a problem with it, but I, I still think they're all saying it didn't work. I'm like, I don't. I think that year you can't really judge it because, again, I know for a fact. And again, they're saying that the ratings were shit. I won't name names, but I know a couple of guys that didn't want to go over because when they got out of it and with all the restrictions, they wanted to see family and friends and not yeah. get locked up for another month. Yeah. So I think some people literally that did go over may have went purely for cash or it's you know one of those things you never know when your last game's going to be. And I don't think that series was a great series. But I just think the circumstances... Yeah, I'd be interested to know people's thoughts. Like, blokes are happy to go on tour and all that, like last year, in normal circumstances. So I think maybe Origin could work in a similar way at the back end of the year. Mm. But then that'll be the argument again. Oh, we're prioritising that over international footy or this, that, that. Like, you can't, unfortunately, make everybody happy. Yep. So... Yep, yep. Yeah. All right, moving on from that game and that talk. Storm, Tigers, 28-4. to four. Um, again, another talking point of this was, oh, they had more line breaks, more offloads. Like, well, it doesn't matter if you don't do anything with it. Stop looking at the stats. You yeah. can park yourself inside the 20. You can move down the field. You can get offloads. You can create second phase. It's what you do off the back of it. Can you actually generate something with what you've created? Clearly not. Mm. So, um, tough ask, obviously, for them. RP, big loss. Steph goes into camp and Brooks has been playing good footy. Melbourne... Two key pieces out of their spine, but I dare say the replacements did a much better job. Yeah, Nick Meaney and Hughes were excellent at steadying things and were the biggest part in executing a lot of those right-side shifts where they stripped the Tigers four times for the brick to score, who had a fantastic game. Uh, particularly had a ball watching him get that jump try. I've been waiting to see a bit of that athleticism. He was he was brilliant. Um, but yeah, Pezzett, first game back from his injury, he did a really solid job. Thought the nines, like Garlic's, you know, pretty much just straight up and down. But Wishart did a good job as well. Uh, but yeah, I thought their middles just did a good job. Our back five was good and they defended well. The only try the Tigers got, which was the most celebrated Tigers try in a long time, was Twiles first. Yeah, which was yeah, just a scrap. Just a knockback where... Yeah. yeah. But other than that, Melbourne were pretty Melbourne good. Melbourne were very good. Defensively. Yeah, defensively very good. At, so that's... As a Melbourne post, fan... Sort of post the Cowboys debacle. Hmm. But as a Melbourne fan, that's a big win to me because I thought earlier in the year when we were flat, like the one we dropped to you guys and a couple of the other results, yeah, that's sort of those ones that I, I didn't know if we were going to win it, but I was hoping we would. Yeah. So I think that sort of pulls them back into a positive spot where they've got nine wins now. And they're, you know, got 10 games, so they've got the extra game up their sleeve as well in terms of the buys. And we have more players in origin this time, so I'm even happier about that side of things. Welch got suspended, Coates went in, Munster and Harry... And yeah. Alessia Katara has been getting better and better for us didn't play either. So, look at the positives there. But I've been mean, really waiting for what I saw on the weekend. Just, they've had a knack of finding these random wingers out of nowhere and getting them going really well and getting them good opportunities to score. Brick started the year pretty quiet. Hughes definitely started the year very quiet, but it was nice to see him and Meany in particular. Meany's been fantastic yeah. for Melbourne. That's... That's probably been one of the best buyers, I think, value-wise and time-wise so far. And the fact they tacked another year on straight away at the start of the year, knowing the Pappenhausen situation, I dare say if they didn't, he'd be on the market right now for a lot more mm. and we'd be struggling to keep him there unless he really wanted to stay. So to Panisi and the club right there, I'm just like, fucking good business. Absolutely. Because they got that done without any hesitation, mm. making sure that they've got him for next year as well before knowing what's going on with Pappenhausen, yeah. which is grouse because he's been... Awesome. 
Um, but, yeah, bit of a hit and run job at Campbelltown. The Tigers, unfortunately, have got a horrible record there and it hasn't got any better. And her, I don't know who it was in commentary was sort of saying, ah, off the back of some of that positivity and some of the changes and, you know, that six-game sort of streak there, like it's starting to get a bit flat. Maybe they need to make some change. I'm like, I don't really know who you want them to bring in. This is why they're in the situation they're in when we talk about rebuild and patience and development and getting these kids through. It's not going to happen overnight. Like, Talon De Silva plays now off two games of cup and no jersey flag. Yeah. Great debut. Happy for the kid. And he had some nice touches, but that's a huge leap to go from SG ball, basically, to NRL. Massive. Massive. Yeah, massive. And I'm still not looking at him even off the weekend and haven't seen him a little bit when we're there. All he's been doing the last few years and going, he's going to be playing big minutes next year, 24 games of NRL. Like, it's a huge ask. Huge. So He shouldn't be learning in first grade. No, I've said it multiple and that's what I mean. He's, he's already skipped multiple grades. Yeah. Like, and he... And he's not look, like look, he's, he handled it last week, but yeah, but he's also not one of those guys. I didn't look, look at, at him and think first grader. No, but you also don't look at him and go, he's a physical outlier as well. Generally, guys that get there, are big ob, big obs or big middles, guys that are sort of ahead of the curve physically. So even his regard yeah. for that right now, well, is, we've got one now, kid. like Latu Fonu, who's mm. you know he's played now six or seven games in New South Wales Cup, and he like improved significantly yesterday. Yeah, and he's only eighteen, isn't he? Yeah, she played turned, ball just this year. Right? Same same thing. Hmm. Same thing. Where is she going? But that's where he should be. There are a few there are a few games there where yeah, but he's bumped he's had he's had a couple at flag. Yeah, but that's my point. Physi- then, physically you know, he's up to that standard, but he shouldn't be hmm. learning in first grade. But if he's physically ready for cup, well I mean, then Yeah. Get him in a cup. Yeah. And that's what I mean for and the silver. Like his two games he wasn't even starting. No, he like, wasn't. I, I get the debut and I get the talent, but I just hope they don't keep him up there and Like yeah. last last week across the eighty minutes against us they played Will Smith at nine Talon at nine um, and there was another bloke that played it uh, was it Cameroon maybe at nine Zane Cameroon they didn't have rule last week against you guys did they I don't think so I turned up and sort of was at a distance it was hard to see the grandstand was full so I didn't sit there there was someone else that played a bit of nine as well but yeah like I definitely think he's a future first grade so a lot of these kids they're hoping but that's my point I hope yeah. they don't push or overstep the mark too early yeah. to rush just off that you know, hope or this has to happen. It's like, you can't force that. Yeah. That's all. Um, give him another good, give him a good preseason because he's a baby. And give him some games next year and cut or start him, like, you know, in flag, even if he, I, I think he might even be SGA age again next year, maybe, mm. because the barrier got moved up. I think he might be 18. I don't know. I don't, you'd, you'd have to look at his birthday on there to see, but like if he's boy eligible again next year, maybe start him in flag straight away. Yeah. Don't give him the full run around in, SG and play extra games before he gets that and then goes to cup because that's a very long year. If you're going to commit to him and already give him an NRL debut, I'd be like, he's not part of SG. He can do first grade preseason, etc. And then maybe we start him in flag for a little bit or start him in cup and build from there. Yeah. And vice versa, like they're going to want to do with Galvin or Kepi or whichever kids they've signed, Heath Mason, Jordan Mellick. Like there's a lot they've obviously got high hopes on. Mm. But don't push too early. That's all. Yeah. So. Great moment, though. Local kid, West Junior, plays at Campbelltown in his debut. They only play a handful of games there this year. Awesome. And he had 100-plus there. Seen all the boys on the hill, family, etc. I think they said his dad only stopped playing for East Campbelltown like a year or two ago. Yeah. At like 44. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure he actually had a run with his old man at Park Football. Yeah. So, you know, great moment for the kid. I think that and Twile's trial was obviously a good highlight of the night. But for them for the rest of the year... Yeah, talking about sort of making changes or rotating. I think you just got to build on what you've got in there right now. 
you get your games and your guys like your two pros and that that are positives and just try to keep getting more under their belt and keep yeah. their heads up. Probably the only one that I looked at from the cup side of things that you played last week, and I'm surprised the Steelers have played more games. I give Matt Abul some more time. Mm. Well, with the halves, first grade. the halves as they are right now, like Stafford Tower playing six, <laughs> I would have preferred Justin play six. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not going to be playing six anytime soon. Well, why is Tower playing six? Tower's a fullback. Yeah, I agree. Playing I would have played Dane Laurie or Smith there. Well, he's probably on the way out. Well, I don't Smith, know. Smith. But he's still there this week. Well, he didn't play cup though, did he? He wasn't named. No, but so. they were both there last week. They were both There's been so much well, talk so. about Laurie's gone and Staines is gone. All this like, well, yeah. Make those decisions. But if not, if there's a way to get minutes into more of those guys again, and you know where you're heading, you're not playing finals. Mm. Play him. Yeah, but I still wouldn't play guys out of position, ideally. Yeah, well, if I'd you're be. not going to play there moving forward, I I wouldn't. Well, they essentially play Bateman almost there. as the half and Toll was just running, but I was sort of like, okay. Like, yeah. He's come through more as a fullback, not a six. Yeah. Like, he can play center or wing, sure. He can play backline positions, but Justin was technically a six, turning or back row or ball playing 13. Let him play that similar role like Bateman was playing. Just give him more time. Like, what do you got to gain by playing? Like, no offense to, to Wakeham. He's been a handy steering wheel and he was good foil for Brooks for a while, but you're not building your future around Brandon Wakeham. But right now, that's the only option they've got. They've got no Brooks. They've got no Dewey. They're probably moving off Laurie. And they're not going to be calling up Zane Camaro or even the young bloke that has pulled him from the dogs. I seen a right up the other day that Iverson Matai. They're really big on Iverson Matai. I'm like, I doubt they're suddenly going to elevate him from SG and Flegg to play in first grade. So Yeah, I'm not here to solve their problems anyway. If your options are there right now... I'd the just problems be... that they've got are self-inflicted. Yeah. So. But I'd heard that talk for more changes I'm like I don't really know how much more change you think they can make I don't really have many options at the moment of who they can bring in yeah that's all right yeah um, Storm good result like I said in particular Hughes and Maney controlling and executing Brick getting the full bag and the middles did a pretty good job and yeah it's a good one to pick up I think for them like you said you take the quality of getting to Silva Buller in a tough circumstance like he's still looked very dangerous 200 plus metres some good touches so yeah. Just things like that. They're the things I'm building off for the rest of the year. Getting minutes into that, reviewing those guys, and then bumping up who you can when the time comes. Uh, and the last one today, pretty much we said in the preview last week that the Sharks, if they're serious, and then the fact that Burton got caught in his 18th man late, should have ran a train on the dogs at Sharp Park, and they did just that. 48-10, Talakai bombed a couple. They had a couple of the ones disallowed. This could have been 60-plus. Could have been, yeah, a lot more. Um, for the dog side of things, I'm more confused here about... Like, well, didn't he say he was going to make changes and there was no changes? It wasn't even that. Like, you've basically shat on Flanagan for three years, right? And then they've banished him again out of the halves, dropped him, made him play hooker, which he's playing, doing a really good job in New South Wales Cup. Hmm. Then you bring him up today on the bench. I'm like, okay, maybe they'll give Marnie a bit of a spell off a couple of head knocks or figure something out there. No, no, you throw him in the halves. Like, mid-game after you basically banished him from that sort of thing, move Oluapu to 13, push... You know, you got Rajard starting because obviously Burton's gone up. Then they've flipped Perham into the centres and moved Arrow to fullback. I'm like, oh, this mid-game sort of experiment on the back of a ass whooping as well. I'm, I'm lost. And then talked during the week is Avrilo and Alamotti are basically gone anyway because they've invested so much money. I'm like, why are you now playing him at fullback? Or is there a carrot or a talk about like foot crop as your fullback? Yeah, I don't know. So I just found that confusing in in between the beat up. But the, the thing that was there blatantly to see again, and I know I've said it before, that 
obviously Thompson hasn't played a lot and he hasn't been healthy. They bought Sutton to play middle. He's playing cup. And Pungai is there, but they just lack in middles as well. Mm. If you don't have a forward pack, I don't know what you, you expect. But, yeah, I just found it all around confusing what they yeah, did today. I'm not too sure. And I know a lot of people go, well, they're doing really well in cup. I'm like, you can have really good cup team. Well, the, again, problem, the problem, the reason why they're doing really well in cup is because they got their recruitment wrong. They bought a lot of guys that are good cup players, not good NRL players. Well, it's one thing to get. Simple go, as that. We've got so good depth. Of, yeah, but at the you moment, they're good... trying to roll those guys, a lot of those guys out to get other guys in mm. who are actually going to be competent NRL players, not very good cup players. Yeah. Because there's a huge difference between being very good. Like they made the grand final in cup last year. They'll go close to doing that. If not, you yeah, know, go one better this year. They might win it this year. But it doesn't translate to NRL success. And a lot of that is because... A lot of those guys were there before, you know, the Phil Gould, Cameron, Seraldo sort of era, and they're trying to shuffle a lot of those guys out. And playing against one of them. That's why he's been playing a lot of New South Wales Cup. And they're also using it as a as a breeding ground for some of their, their good juniors. So mm, but at the moment, the, the, the battle is, and the bottom line is, is that you need to be winning NRL games. That's mm. your core business. So, but again, we talk about bad signings under Barrett and bat, like before that they'll hamstrung. But you go out and spring good coin and multiple years for Sutton. Now you got him playing cup. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the sort that's of stuff we point. look at and go. That is well, my point. So yeah. congratulations, you got a good cup team. But the issue is, is you've got players that you signed to play NRL playing cup. Hmm. That's the point. So, and none of that was Camerato's doing. But, you know, if, if I'm Cameron Serrato, I'd be pissed about their defence. And he was last week, and he would have been again today. Because he, you know, obviously prides himself in that area of the game. Mm. Well, they've got a very good record in that area of the game at, at the Panthers. Well, so. the, the middle tries were awful. Like, Hazleton yeah, just twisting but, through. and You know, is that is that uh, coaching, or is that quality of player? Oh, it's part of the quality of player. It's wearing down. It's, mm. it's a bunch of everything. But... Again, they also did make some pretty handy signings. I know a couple of them are injured, and they've got a few more coming next year, but I still don't think it's all going to be fixed next year. No, I, I agree. There's a lot of coaching to be done there. Mm. A lot of shuffling of the decks and recruitment. There's so much left to be done at the Bulldogs. Mm. Uh, and then yeah. they've got to set it up to be consistent from year to year. Exactly. And then you need to convert on that junior success, like we said, which is also not a guarantee. Yeah. They did pretty well in... I think SG, they may... Made the finals, did they? We got knocked out early. Matt's they obviously won, but again, you're a long way SG away. Ball, they didn't make the finals. Well, Matt's they won, but you're a long way away from converting Matt's kids to NRL players, like we said before. So that's no guarantee either. Yeah, and you're not going to get all of them come through. So no, uh, winning 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 a Matt's comp doesn't mean that you get any more or less of those players through than what no, the team you, that you runs last. It doesn't matter. That, that's not a, that's not an indicator for success. No. Um, but yeah, this performance I don't have a lot to speak about. Eleven line breaks, fifty-two misses. They got outgunned, outmanned, and outdone in every single area by a Sharks team that had no one missing, mm-hmm. and that should have been the case, like we said, and it was. They blasted them. Nico yeah. was pretty good in response, two hundred plus meters, plenty of touches. Braley had one of his better days. Kennedy and the quality and where he's headed this year. Um, the fact there was questions or some iffiness around him, I'm glad they've sort of resolved that for now because he's he's a quality footballer. Yeah. Um, and probably the best thing for them, again, hard to get a gauge because they're opposition, but they needed a bit more from their middles. And I thought today, guys like McInnes, Dale, Finucane, you know, sort of turned up a little bit and their bench was better for them. 
Yeah. But I need to say that against better teams. Absolutely. Yeah. So for them, it's a steadying win. It gets them to eight. They're another one with 10 teams left, uh, 10 games left. Essentially, they're still going to need minimum four or five to be a chance. But I think top four for them is still there. Um, but with the way they're performed against those, like we said, top eight teams, you'd say right now they're not going to make the four. If you can't beat anyone who's in that party with you, every time you drop one of those games, you're getting further and further away. Mm. But they're the ones you need to win if you're going to lock that in. So uh, leave that one behind as well. And that wraps up our review of the short round in the NRL. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. Like we said, if you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with the true blue bookie. That charity bet will be... Munster and Queensland to win and hopefully to put a bit more in the kitty. And the promo for Origin this time around is either Tom Trebojevic or Hamiso Tabuai-Fado to score a try in the first 60 minutes at $3. That's pretty bloody good. Yep, I agree. Big fan of that. And we'll do the Origin preview now, thanks to Bluebet as well. And we'll run with the odds in some of their markets as we give our predictions and speak through it, but changes in this one, Boxhead mostly forced, or well, they're all forced on the Queensland side of things, not all forced on New South Wales side, but a couple there, Brimson, 18th man, Hallsburt, 19th man, but Jeremiah Nenai come into the back row to replace Tommy Gilbert, who's out for the season, Mo Awake on the bench for Arrow, who had ankle surgery, and Cobbo was passed to play, but he's not 100%, and they don't want to go up there with somebody who's potentially in a position where they might not finish the game. Yeah. And he made that abundantly clear. So they've brought Xavier Coates back in. Which sort of surprised me, but in his own words, I guess, he said it. He played for us last year. He got injured game one. He stayed on for a lot longer than what he could have or should have with his injury. And we're happy to give him this opportunity. So he's got faith in him. He's bringing him in. New South Wales, you know, Arpy broke his jaw. Uh, Nathan Cleary, obviously injured with that hamstring. Pungai dropped, Hines dropped. They've gone back to the dual nines. We've got Cook and Robson in. Moses replaced at seven. Latrell's pulled out again with that calf. And Kalama Tungi um, is eight, 19th. And Burton is now in as 18th with Crichton going back in. And big Steph, you took is on the bench now. Very good, yeah. So some changes there. But overall, if we look at the lineups to start with, like we just said, I think they probably start with Robson, don't they? For the physical part of the game? Uh, I Yeah, that's the way I'd go. They've got Cook name to start, but yeah, I think that'll be a late change. Mm, that's the way I'd go. Um, the middles, I've got no problem with them starting with Haas and Paul. If anything, I prefer they do, because I think we need to start well. I agree. Because up there, it's there's no time for a poor start like there was in game one. Because if we do start poor, it's over. We won't reel them back in at some court. Yeah. So I think all guns mm. out. But again, big question is how they use their changes. And I know you might look there and go, well... If those two start, well, what happens with the minutes? Or are they split them? Do they put, you know, Steph on with an inexperienced player or roll a Martin or a Murray in the middle and, you know, not sort of pair those guys up? Well, I think for Steph, it should have been the Pungai plan for game one, which didn't happen, which was two short bursts. And Haas plays big minutes. Like, if I, if I can here, I want Haas playing 65. Because his quality just goes over long periods. Yeah. So if we're 50-50 or in the possession battle, as long as there's no big cycles or points where we're drowned, Without the footy, I want him playing 60, 65 minutes. And Paulo, if he played... Yeah, if, provided, provided he's still going... Good. And doing his work and his defensive movements are good and he's... Yeah. But Paulo this time, if, really if he only plays too. 30, we're kidding ourselves. He plays huge minutes at club as well. Yeah. He can play a lot more than 30. 
225s, 220s. Minimum 50 minutes for me. But yeah, I, so I still... Argument. Depends on possession, fatigue. Still look here and think if he rolls his back rollers again or pulls Hudson, if that was the case, or Frizzell, like, I just think I'd be looking Martin more as a middle and Murray as a middle, and I won't be rolling majors. I'm committing to Hudson for the game. If you're going to roll one... I don't have a problem with, yeah, moving Frizzell into the That's middle. the only one I'd commit to for Martin to go to for the right. Martin, yeah. But again, what sort of minutes or when you do it. But I just think we need to win well, the middle. Just, that's going to be a gut feel, that one. Yeah, I think we need to win the middle, and I'm really happy if we're but rolling. I, I think once... Paulo's probably going to be the first. You took Amani will go on. Yeah, he'll play probably another five or ten And then you pass. think that... Yeah, yeah, maybe. And then you roll a Martin or someone in. Maybe, yeah. And then I'd, come I'd out be, half. I'd just be rolling my three pros. Play ten minutes, roll him again. That's why. I, I don't think... If you want to get Robson... If you want to get Robson on and off, if that's saying that you start with Cook... I'd start. That's going to be extremely difficult. I think, realistically, you probably only want to make one change with your hookers. Well, so I, I think I'd play Robson for Robson. 30 or so, and yeah. then I'd put Cook on. Put and then Cook, Cook on, plays and then Cook the finishes. And then if you want Robson at the back end, you use him as a middle. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think with Murray, Steph, and Martin on the bench, and the middles have already got who I want playing bigger minutes in Yola, I think we've got enough there to roll guys, like I said last game. I thought we should have done more. Yeah, more we, minutes and we more. We left two in the bank last time. And five that was just That's... Yeah, and then the minutes we muffed. Like, unforgivable. Paulo yeah. plays 30, Haas plays 50. Like, he just stuffed around and too much. For Freddie to come out and say that the interchanges worked out perfectly in the press conference the other day, it's, no. it's embarrassing that someone isn't making him more accountable to that, even, even that comment and that he's got no one there advising him on what he should be doing. No, nah, but like to burn... Even when they had the guys in the middle then rolled them to the edge, I'm like, they've burned all their gas and now you've rolled them out. They're not going to impact on the edge. Yes. Like if you're going to roll someone in, that's what we said last time, you roll someone onto the edge, roll an edge into the middle yeah. to empty their gas tank after that. You don't let Martin slug away in the middle like he did just trying to murder everyone, going like a mad pit bull dog and then suddenly put him on the edge and go, all right. Like, I just, I he's gassed. I don't get it. It's not... You had two, like you said, two in the chamber. If you've gassed him out, swap him. Don't roll him onto the edge. You try and steal one. You've got two in the chamber. And even the Hudson thing. Like, they've committed to him. So I'm like, okay, he has to play 80 then. Yeah. Or again, if you're going to make a change at 60 or if he burns out, you've well, got have option. a have a plan but and back it. Don't pick and him. And also and be go, able oh. to own the message. Yeah. But to pick so him and go... What, what is the plan? Be able to articulate it and own it. Two plays there and then, you know, we just felt like, well, you shouldn't have picked him then because if you don't trust him, don't pick him. You know who Hudson Young is. If you don't like what Hudson Young is, don't pick him. So what did they say that they dropped him? Well, essentially, it sounded like part of the thing I heard on the radio. Like they, yeah, we sort of. I'm like, well, you just say it. You, if I can hook him, that wasn't part of the plan. Yeah. You didn't put him back on either. Mm. So, like I said, you know who he is. You know what he is. You know the rocks and diamonds or the upside and the downside. Yeah. If you don't like that, don't pick him. You get no argument out of me. But I think you got to roll with the good. Like I said, the the one play. There was a penalty, sure. The strip was a 50-50. Was it an ideal tackle? No. But the man that jumps at the legs creates it. Yeah. Like, if that's the one where you go, oh, we're going to hook him already, it's like, that's what I mean. You're already showing your hand right there. No composure. Or pulling the guy that you've named a starting back row in his debut. And then again, we talk about that mentality of dropping a Hines after one game and saying, no, we don't need two nines now. We've got two nines. Pulling Matter after one game. Dropping Cameron Gillard twice after one game. So you pick this guy and commit to him, then you hook him after 30. And you wonder why these fucking guys have got no confidence. 
or don't do a job when they come in or they're shit scared of playing. Whereas at Queensland, they pick a guy like Cotter and just go, man, go play back row for 70 minutes, even though you're probably not an edge player. Yeah. Or game one the other year, letting him play 80 and just committing to him. Like, fucking, you want any more faith? Fucking hate saying it too, but it's it's there. Yeah. There's evidence. They pick someone, they back them. Yeah. I'm we need to do a that argument. Just have a plan and go with it. So, yeah, I think getting into the nuts and bolts of it, um, I think this time, probably my biggest question, we'll start with New South Wales first. It's just how the spine works because I think, you know, Luai obviously generally is the one who gets to play the attacking style of football, the beneficiary of a lot of the shift shapes and Cleary obviously takes care of a lot of the steering and the kicking. I'm guessing they want Moses to essentially do more of that role. But even with the nine, you're getting less creativity, I think, out of Robson and a Cook. Essentially, I think now we've got runners in sort of three positions and a lot of the creativity or control needs to come off Moses. Yeah, But then I also look at our attack and go, well, we need to play to our strength this time, which I think is we need to pound the middle, use that rotation, right? Roll those guys through and win the game there because with the, the strength of it being the running and last time just the same shit shapes and block block stuff that works at club football, it doesn't work in origin. There's less time, there's more line speed. Playing off Yo, he got jammed way too much. We had all the set and forget bullshit trying to run the same old shapes that were predictable. Anything good that happened wasn't off set play. But I just think we can win the middle. I thought we could have won the middle in game one. Yeah, but question's got to be, how do you fatigue Queensland's middle? How you fatigue Queensland's middle is by moving the ball initially. Because they'll compress their lineup, and too often in game one, we just ran into it, one out, ran into it, one out, ran into it, one out, and they just get three in, bash the fuck out of us, lay all over the ruck, and they'd leave the space open on the outside. So... What I'd like to see us do particularly early, and I said last week that I think Queensland will stand offside, they'll get off the line hard, they're going to push the boundaries with regards to physicality, intensity, the rules, referee interpretation, all that stuff. Like It's going to be an ambush, and the crowd are going to try and ambush you, and the referee's not going to want to blow the penalty. The worst thing I think the New South Wales um, blokes did post-game was comment about how many penalties there were. Because be careful what you wish for. Because if you want less penalties... There'll be no fucking penalties there, for you up there. There you go, right? <laughs> like, I just think you've got to think about the game within the game and what's coming next. They were too emotional about what had just happened, not thinking about what happened next. My comment would have been, well, I hope there's as many penalties in Queensland. game two as what there was tonight. Hmm. Because you know what, you know, you sort of know what you're leaning into there and there's, a, there's an angle around what you're saying. But I'd like to see early doors... You know, you, you talked about what are our strengths. Our strengths is through the middle. So for me, initially, I'm not playing through the middle of the field. How do I open the middle of the field up? Well, you, you open the middle of the field up by having moving the ball and moving their middle and fatiguing them a little bit. So I'd like to see us move the ball on play three. There's a few times in game one where we moved it on play four, then took a short side on play five, and we ended up kicking off a sideline, and the kicks went to shit. Mm. So move the ball on play three. If we can get behind and get set quick enough, and a lot of the a lot of the kick reception and that live ball in Origin is caught on the full anyway, because it's just a big bomb to the corner. Yeah. So we should be able to get our long side into shape, pull the trigger on play three, have a look down the short side, and then you're not running into Queensland's middle at all. You're running into their half or their centre, and then you you're f- then flowing on and keep going down that that down that long side short side. 
Then, once you've induced a little bit, bit of fatigue in them and they're starting to rush up off the line and they're starting to get disconnected on the edges, then I'd start turning the ball back underneath mm, and playing back through the middle. With guys and like then the that'll, open up, that'll open up Cook, that'll op- open, up, open up Tedesco, exactly. that'll open up Murray. And they're all runners. Yeah. And Luai's a runner. And Luai loves that dropping back into the negative side or back into the ruck when middles aren't moving. Hudson Young's very good at that too on the drop under sort of shape. Drop him back under with footwork. Or just there. give him early ball and let him run into their half. Mm. Let him run into Cherry Evans. Let him run into Munster. Munster and, had five missed tackles in the first first game. Like you could double that if you actually targeted him. Well, he's always a handsy sort of tackler, so that's there. So get get at him. I also think if you want to wind it right back, the tactic's got to be when Tedesco catches the ball in the full on a kick reception, what's the plan? Because too often we catch and we dance and we just get fucking held up and run back a few meters. Go and find, target someone on kick kick return. Whether it's Ben Hunt and Harry Grant in the middle of the field, like I want to get in the middle of the field, I want to get at them and they're going to have to tackle me one-on-one, use your footwork, get down. And he can do a job generating some momentum for us at the start of the set. Because hmm. if you watch, go back and watch game one and tell me how many kick reception play one tackles Tedesco won. There weren't many. No, we didn't win many in general. But... Which then meant, well, two things, right? Firstly, that that next carry is running off a slow play the ball. So who usually takes that carry? It's usually one of the wingers. Toto's. Or one of the... So it, it... You know, you look at Toto's numbers and you think, Jesus, imagine if we could actually get him on the front foot on play one, play two. The other side of that is, is if there's less return meters from Tedesco, it's further our middles have to come back to get behind the ball as well. So it's actually inducing more fatigue with our middles. So, look, I, I think yardage is where it's going to be won and lost. And, you know, too often I think in game one, we actually moved the ball, made ourselves kick off a sideline, which meant that our then our set-end kicks were were poor, were ineffective. So there's there's a lot to, to break down and address and that could be improved with New South Wales coming out of their own end. Queensland played that that part of the game perfectly. Perfectly. They didn't make many errors. They kicked the fuck out of the ball. Mm. They chased hard. They well, compressed they their line. And we played us. straight into their hands by running into their compressed defense. Mm. So if you want to do that again, good luck. Yeah, and up there. Good luck. There's not many places where I go, the home crowd is a legit no. advantage. It is a legit advantage up there. Queensland's kicking game. Their kick chase... Their defensive plan for us coming out of our own end was excellent. Mm. And I wouldn't be changing it. And I think the best thing, I guess, for them as well is they're also going to be better. So I think yeah, same but what, what does that mean? Well, Billy, Sl- uh, Billy Slater said that as well. Oh, there's going to be progression. What does that, what does that, yeah, what does that mean? Walsh's first time with them as a spine. Like, yeah, okay. You're going to see but more did we really put him under pressure? Did we have a plan for how we wanted to attack him? Well, apparently we wanted to bash him, but we didn't, did Well, we? we didn't. We didn't give ourselves to do that. And again, go back to my point just then. The, the reason why that was really difficult is because we're kicking off a sideline. Anyway, you're going you're gonna to get me fired up. Well, that's what we're here for. To get you fired up, mate. To yeah. poke a problem shit, mate. But, yeah, I think yardage this time should be a bit better. It's a better surface. It's dry up there. It's hot. It's a fast track. Yeah. I don't think that much of that matters. You've got professional oh, It was wet and slippery over there. Pass. It was a bit messy over there, but... Let them catch and pass. This should be a faster deck. Back him. This should be a faster deck, so... On that side of things, same as what you're saying. Figure out where you want to get to on your kick target. Should be a bit easier for the yardage side of things. The big question was what I just brought up to you then, which you brought up, which was the question on how the spine flows or how it works. Who's your priority? Moses is clearly there to be the primary kicker. 
be the one who's going to control and kick it. With so many runners there, I hope, like you said, once we induce fatigue or if we get in a good cycle and sort of break things down, we have a way to factor in for the majority of the guys that are in our spine are runners. So let's play off our strength. To me, our strength is Haas, Yo, Paulo, roll into Martin, roll into Murray, use footwork, get quick play of the balls and just give the ability to just rail through the middle. I want Cook out and running. I want Robson if he sees a man down going. I want Tedesco pushing to the middle. Yeah, but how do you generate guys. that momentum? That's exactly that's what the, we're saying. Yeah, in yardage, yeah. But in good ball, it'll be a completely different kettle of fish. Because too often in game one, we were playing off Yo. And his service isn't quick enough, which was allowing Queensland to jam. Well, they knew exactly what was coming, which I'm saying. The set, well, I don't forget. know whether they knew exactly what was coming. Because there's a lot of, like, you can clip it. If you go through and clip it and actually break it up, there were times where if Yo actually could get rid of the ball, we had him shot. Had him shot. Had him pulled out. And a lot of the time, it was Cherry Evans rushing up past the ball to shut it down. Munster, a few times, rushed up and shut Yo down. Whereas if there was just one more little pass there, we would have stripped him. But a lot of the time as well, in our good ball shape, it was a half plane to Yo into shape. Whereas it should be the other way around. Like if Yo's going to be serviced, then he should be handling the ball at the, at the top, like off the nine, and then having your halves swing out the back of it. But... I'd even be shit canning that. Well, that's my other question. Do you think they'll try to play middle service or force on Moses to play know. that sort of thing? I don't know. I hope not. I don't know. But look, Moses has been doing it under T-Baz ball at Parramatta. So I, th- I tend to think they're going to lean into it, not lean out of it. If Trent Barrett hadn't gone to Parramatta this year and was the attacking coach, I'd say, no, definitely not. They won't play that way. But the fact that Parramatta are now trying to also play that way makes me think that I still don't think they lean into as hard as Penner if they like the way Brown plays. No, they don't, but you can't tell me that oh, Moses is going saying. in with Yo and going in with, you know, a left side, which is going to be pretty much all Penrith. Mm. So, you know, do you want Moses and do you want to pin Tedesco down to the right-hand side of the field when I think he's far better just running, looking for offloads and playing on the inside of shape, not so much on the outside and looking for to be the passer in shape. I think he's almost better trailing the inside of the ball and looking for an offload to play back through. I was actually or he's wondering. better better in those sweep lines where he's he's sort of narrow but flat where he can just hopefully, you know, the lead runner bangs an inside shoulder and is able to hold someone up and he just takes that inside shoulder space. Too often in uh, game one, he got the ball heading towards the corner post, and that's when he's easiest to defend. Mm. You 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 never want to you never want to have to tackle James Tedesco when he's coming at you nah. directly, um, where he can use his footwork and he can use that acceleration to get around you and find the space. Mm. But you know when he's running across you, yeah, you're not forced into Mate, making a decision. Grab your on. defensive system can sort of solve it a little bit easier. Mm. So good ball, yeah. What do, what do I think they'll do? I think they'll play middle service. I think they'll pin Tedesco on the right. I think they'll be, you know, I think they'll just back. What you know, all the commentary out of game one was, you know, we weren't far away. It was really yeah, good, and that's horseshit. Yeah. Well, so was, was, what, what would I be doing? I'd be, I'd be splitting the halves. Well, I just hope that I'd Moses... be splitting my halves. I'd be saying to Isaiah, "Yo, we're not playing Penrith ball. You're in the team to." To short pass, sure, but short pass in and around your middle forwards. Yeah, with push around the. And arc, once you started doing that, 
Then we'll play at the back. Then we'll play at the back. Yeah. Not, that's what I mean. None of the Because I figure. think Isaiah Yeo's very underrated as a runner. He is. As a runner. He's a very good runner. There's a few times in game one where he, he did. He took off. He ran. So yeah, Even I, the World Cup. All the rep football. I think the best part is when he just runs. The passing um, comes off it. And then even use, like if you want you want to get into some, some shape there with where you can use him as a passer, just have Tedesco as the inside option. But the point being, a lot of the shape where they had him was flattened off a slow play of the ball and they just jammed him. Yeah. And that's why he got caught with the footy. But it was well, like I, set, I think also set and forget bullshit, which was telegraphed. You can't I, do it. I think also like you hear Fittler and Johns talk a lot on the Sunday footy show about, oh, you know, you need to get need to get your spot. Need to get to a position, and Queensland will just eat that up. Yeah, because they'll know. Oh, okay. So where are we? Uh, New South Wales are going to want to take one to here or take one to there, and then they just kill that play, That's which again mean. makes it very difficult to shift. We on have the next one. running football players. We've got guys here that are more run than structure. So I'm hoping also that Moses isn't just in as a professional kicker again. I want Moses running. I want that balance. I want Moses ducking down short sides like he does so well for Parramatta. Mm. I hope that's actually there because well, I look at him to be doing that in. Good ball. I see those upsides and I'm like, well, if they lean into that, that's great. If they've brought him in, it's just steer the team, middle service, pass first, kick, and he's not a running threat. I'm like, well, it's a fucking waste as well. I think we need to lean into what we've got, which I think in all those yeah. positions There's a few we've got. times in the first game where, particularly down New South Wales right, Queensland's left, Frizzell got held up over the line. There's a run out of yardage where Frizzell goes down the right-hand side mm. on the back of one of those shifts that I was talking about. And like New South Wales just make 30 metres. Frizzell, when he goes down that short side and gets held up with the no try, the controversial no try, the Queensland defence bent away in in goal line D, which is... And he's there with Moses. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Said loves the yeah. short side, so I'm hoping he's afforded that. I'm saying, to, yeah, Mitchell, mate, we'll give you early ball. You know, choose. run, run, or play short, and then if you do play short, get round, rip round that short side and take it on. But to me, everything positive from his best games comes from run first. And then I, I just think if you hit a tram, if we end up on a tram line, it's got to be either Moses rips around that short side, and if if they set their numbers on that short side, Moses can fuck off late and hook back around to the open side and create a number. But I, I don't know whether we'll do that. No, and that's the same as interchange plan. I don't know if we'll use our middles well. I just think we stack up middle. Steph, Martin, Murray, like to me, I'm not even trying to use the back rails unless I need to. If I need to steal some minutes or a change, roll for his in or roll him off, put Martin out there. But like they're talking about Murray. If Murray goes anywhere else but the middle for me, it's because we have an injury and we have to cover back rail center. No, I'd be using Martin. As what? Center? No, as a middle. Well, if I'm going to cover centre... Oh, as a back row. I'm so. talking about centre coverage. They're talking about that. Hudson. Well, I have no problem with that either. But my point is, that's he's the coverage for that. The only thing we haven't really covered for... Who? Murray? Centre. Yeah, no, I'm not using Murray as centre. No way. He's done that a couple of not times. Not even yes. in the field. Yeah, my point is, they're talking about lack of coverage this time. If you're going to cover one of those spots if you get an injury... Using Hudson. Well, you can. But again, if he's in the back row, I'm happy to put Murray there. 
I'm not. If you because need I, if Murray's not in the middle of the field, I don't want him on. I don't want him on the field. That's me personally. I, like I just think he's yeah, so I'm, wasted. I'm not, I'm not putting not him being that, in the middle of the that's field. That's not the context of talking about. I'm yeah, saying but you're saying correct. if there's an injury, there's no way I'm moving him. I'm moving Hudson, and then I'll I'll fill back row. You can't have Murray not in the middle of the field unless he absolutely has to go out to center, well, which would mean there's no one on the fucking bench. With his staff, them. good luck. He'll probably end up in the back no, row. So. That's my opinion. Yeah, I've well, got an opinion. The, I feel strongly I about it. I don't <laughs> care what other people think because I've watched game one multiple times, clipped it, and cut it up, and I'm. that's just my opinion. I, I also wouldn't be playing Isaiah Yo for 80. That's me. I, I'd be... Neither right. Pulling Yoey, and I'd be putting Murray on in the middle of the field. Martin Murray, Steph in a short burst. I think we should just roll out. So I'd be using Yo early to move the ball and then to run out of yardage. And then I'd be using Murray when I start targeting the middle of the field and playing back through him. But again, that's me. It's not saying I'm right. Mm. Well, I've I've got a thought around it and I've got an opinion. Barring injuries, I only have one change there for the nines. That's what I'm saying. I have seven changes there for essentially the middles. Yeah, I think that's enough. Like, I'd be shocked if Robson doesn't start. I just think Forty brings in the physicality. He's perfect for the hard part of the start of the game. He's also a runner if someone's there and the opportunity's there. Let him do the, the grunt work and then let Cook out there back end with some fatigue and then let him play the second half. And he won't gas that either because that was the big talking point before about, oh, is he effective if he has to play full 80? It's like, well, no one's as effective at the speed that Origin has if they have to play 80, depending on the style of hooker. But... The style of hooker that he is, same as what they do with Harry Grant, he doesn't play any for a reason at origin level. But, yeah, interesting there. Um, I think probably the other just bigger point, like I said about before for me, energy and attitude cannot be like it was last time. We missed the jump. We went down too early. Like, if we rock up, basically, like it's game of club footy, it'll be over before it even gets a chance to start. It'll be done. Yeah, because they'll be talking about. They'll be going absolutely burko, and I think if there's a weak point or somewhere to attack this time, because I feel like again we certainly didn't test them enough. We didn't get stuck into Walsh. We didn't do a good job in yardage, but Nenai can be a bit suspect at times. The fact that he's now there with Cherry, who's another one you can sort of spot up or has a tendency to sort of jump in. I think I'd like if we get some good ball there to get early there, like you said, give Hudson some early ball, get Luai early ball, give him the option whether he wants to run, drop him under, hit Crichton. Holmes had. A few missed tackles as well. He exactly. He's that side shot. with Coates who also can be a bit speculative at times. So if there's an edge, I think this time that might find a bit of love. It's definitely our left at their right. Well, I'd be testing them out the back. So I'd be digging in really hard into Cherry Evans and Nano, like you're saying, and try and stop them. Yeah. Because you know Holmes is, he's going to he's gonna come in. He's mm. going to want to, well, not necessarily come in, but he might be passive and stay out like he did on Liam Martin and miss it. Mm. Or he might think, well, this time, fuck it. I'm going to go hard on my inside shoulder, which means then that he might squeeze that space and there might be space on the outside of it. Selwyn Cobbo was just either going in in game one and trying to go for an intercept or he was going in and jamming. Mm. So I'd be, if I'm Luai, again, yeah, I'd be breaking down short. So hitting my back rower into Cherry Evans and into Holmes or into Nanai and then ripping around that short side and trying to get them, particularly if they're going to jam, because the harder they jam, the further they get up the field, the further they've got to go back and get them then on that next play. And then I just think you want to talk about what's next and what's next, what's, you know, step A, step B, step step C or step one, step two, step three. Step one would be playing short. Step two would be playing the short side. Step three is how are you coming off the sideline? Can you score in the opposite corner? 
Because in game one, we were no fucking hope of doing it. Mm. There were times there where we came off a sideline, and I said it in our review, where it was just long pass to a middle who looked around and went, okay, what's next? Tip it on to a half who had no one, and often it'd just be, oh, I'd just drop a middle off, and they Queensland had sandwich and lean on that play and slow it down. Yeah. You've got to be able to go, right, we're going to throw three and four sequences at you, and if you're good enough to solve all of them, that's okay because we're going to come back with it again. We're going to give it a, little, a different look. You know, instead of hitting the back row short, I'm going to drop him under. And then we're going to come down the short side. Or we're going to, you know, we're going to play to the back rower. Like I said before, we're going to show short side with our half and then we're going to flip him late and try and get you on the other side. Like, the game within the game and how many times and how many punches you're willing to throw in a row, we need to be throwing three, four in a row. Yeah, well, we were basically having one shot and like you said, land on a short side or a sideline. Particularly when you've got Chaboyevich on that right-hand side. So I'd be I'd be trying to break down as much as I can on Cherry Evans and Holmes, Nanai. If the short side's not on, I flip my half and I'm going to turbo on the other side of the field. And then if, you know, they solve that, okay, I'm going to come back through the middle with, with some middle forwards passing, Tedesco coming coming through there. Mm. We've just got to ask multiple questions, I think. Mm. I think probably the last point, which they didn't do in game one either to me, is target the nines. If you want to blunt the effectiveness or sort of calm things down, I think yeah. Hunt early, he doesn't play long minutes, but certainly he's someone I want to touch up. And then when Harry gets on, same deal. Yeah, run him up. You just need to battle that bloke. Because if you don't and you let him run wild and free and they get even share or a bit of a run in the middle, especially up here again where it's not slippery deck and he didn't really have an impact in game one, this sort of field, if they're flowing or you're not getting after him, he'll run wild up yep. at some call. As the great Chris Hutchison said, let him raise his bat, get him to a half century. There you go. Fucking bash his shoulders. But yep. for them, we probably haven't talked as much because they haven't had to probably do as much. But I think the changes are pretty good ones, in my opinion. Probably the only one that worries me a little bit, like I said, for them, Gilbert, obviously a lot more sound defensively. Mm. So for that, I think maybe the right edge is a little bit weaker defensively. But Nenai poses a lot more threats with the football. Nenoi's got good footwork, runs a good line. He's also a great kick threat. Loves being a kick threat. Mm. Um, linked up there with Val as well. Played, Had some good games there last year. I think Mo is an upgrade on the bench. He's more leg speed, more power. He's got big minutes if they're required. I think, if anything, for me, I think that's strength in their middle, which I thought their rotation was a bit weaker. Yeah, you reckon? Game one. was pretty good game one. I'm not saying he's not good, but I think like their middle in general between Collins, him, Flegler and that, like I think Mo's an upgrade in the middle. To go along with Tino and Carrigan. I think he brings leg speed, quick play of the balls, and a bit more punch. We'll see. But yeah. that's just me. Um, and Coates, again, I, I don't know if I'd see that as an upgrade. I was, out of the options they had, I thought they might have gone with Oates or Gagai. But there's one thing you do know about him. He's a very good finisher if he gets a chance and he's a good kick threat. Mm. So that's the same sort of thing there over the top of... Um, who's he got on his edge? It's the left edge. has been Toto in origin, isn't it? Not right. So he's yeah. jumping on Toto. Who's this? Coach would be right. Yeah. So yeah. left side was Toto, wasn't it? Left side is Luai. Yeah. Toto. Crichton, Toto. Yeah. So, yeah, on that side of things for them, yeah, I think that similar deal, I guess, edge coverage we saw last time that they used Cotter that way. Will they start him again and pull Collins late? I don't know. I don't think they will this time around. But they're starting Tino, and I thought that was a shoe in game one, and that will be the case again. Him and Carrigan, they're the indicators for me for them. If they're on and their middle's going, that's that's everything for me. Yeah. If you can't stop those two, 
Carrigan gets that variety right. Probably what you're saying, what we need to see more from Yo. We're more run first. Carrigan's priority is always run first. Yeah. And he tends to probably get a little bit deeper or sell some of those passes a bit better at Origin because I think in that arena of football, it is more about you carry than you pass. But Tino is just becoming an absolute menace. And I think if we're not serious of all the shit we've talked again this time, which I was hoping we're going to be quiet about how we need to get after him and get revenge for his arm, like, fuck, just shut up. You got beaten at a neutral venue and you're heading up there. Don't give them anything. That's the last thing you want to do. And sure enough, straight away, oh, we need to get, you know, a bit back for half. I'm like, fuck, just be quiet. Same as Bash from Walsh. You didn't do that. Just go get it done and bring us back to New South Wales if you can, which I think it's going to require a miracle. But I don't think it's going to require a miracle. I think between those two, if we don't do a job and stop them from the up-down in the second phase, um, yeah, and my other real worry is Munster. I thought he he come in for a few moments, important moments in game one. I think he'll be a lot more involved up there. You just got to get your angle right on him. He'll grow a leg. Get his inside hip and crush his rib cage. Well, like I said, if if the game, the last game he played for us was any indicator and heading up there, I, yeah, yeah, I think it could be pretty scary. Just hold your nerve on the outside and try and kill him from the inside. Well, let's hope we do that. But That'd be nice. I know it sounds easy. Him for feeder hammer again. I think will be on another level. That left side's going to be real dangerous. I know Moses, like we said when we talked about the sort of options there. Sure, he's going to see plenty of traffic. Frisbee ride and shotgun there, and then I guess it's on Turbo and Fox to also stay connected and help there if something does go down on that edge. Because yeah. at times, like we saw in the past, Turbo can get a bit itchy when he's in the front line and try to jump in. But I think there's going to be plenty of traffic coming in their side. Walsh, sweep around that left side. I think, you know, for him, certainly held his nerve, didn't overplay his hand, come up with a few good passes, got into the physical side of things. Playing again on a much flatter, faster deck, I think he'll thrive Yeah, a lot more in what they're doing. Kicking game, Cherry Evans, we knew was the primary. He kicked very well, I thought, in game one. Hunt might throw one or two at a dummy half when he's on the field. Um, and then I guess for them, like I said, Looking at just testing out our right there, left, I think that's really where things are going to be done. But for them, it was just a simple game plan, like you said. They dig and grind and they wait for errors and penalties. They're happy to get in that shit fight like we should be. Yeah. But I also fucking I still hate saying it, but I still feel like even the start of that game, we just club shape, club mentality. We're almost like at club speed. It's not a club game. It's fucking origin. Yep. They're not like that at all. Oh, and again, it, up there, it just it really it really does worry me. It does. Um, but yeah, I think if they get things right with their start and get off to a fast one and then roll Harry in with that middle that they've got, I think it'll be a long night. Yeah. And if we, like I said, muff the changes or get things wrong or he you know, undersells those minutes and tries to mess around and play with his edges again, um, I'm generally worried. Genuinely worried. Yeah. That this could be another one of those games up there where you're just sitting there going, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, if not managed correctly, yeah. It's got mm. the potential to get out of hand pretty quickly. But, but, you know, how do you... In the end, it's... The field's the same. Yeah, I know that. And I, I guess so, for them, like we said, we know how they're going to play theirs. What's the plan? How, they're do, we, play? how do we do it? Yeah, I, I don't see them rolling their edges at all. Or they're not going to plan to. If it does, Cotter's obviously their natural coverage there. Mo will play middle. Cotter will play middle unless he has to go somewhere else. Flagler will play middle and Harry will play. The scary thing is like we have... 55 at nine. Twice as much footy inside their half. Yep. And 
And we lost the yeah, first double, 10 or last 10. Double the amount of time, even inside their 20, attacking. So, yeah, 53% possession and still couldn't win. So, mm. if we can get similar similar numbers, you'd hope that we've learned some lessons and we've made some adjustments and we'll be able to get the job done. Well, what are you expecting from them, attack-wise? Like, you've obviously delved in a bit more for New South Wales, but you think you'll be looking to add... Onto what they've done this time around, or you think they'll be changing too much? I wouldn't. I'd be going to similar shapes, particularly on the right hand side where they stripped us very easily twice. Uh, but I just feel like their their pathway to creating momentum and, like I said before, throwing multiple punches is far easier with the, just the way that they set up. You've got Munster on one side of the field, they've got Cherry Evans on the other side of the field, they've got Walsh through the middle of the field. He can swing. He can play through the middle. You got Carrigan who can run, like he's a run first player, and 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 he can link the field. If you want him to link the field, link to your halves. He can. But I feel like Queensland are always dangerous when they hit a scrum line and both those halves get around one side of the field. Yeah, with play Walsh. together. The other issue, the huge issue that New South Wales have got is they've got deception out of nine. We don't. And because, both their nines. Yeah. Both their nines have got deception. I think Robson's got more Both deception than Cook, which are, is saying something. And I've said said that about Queensland. Their spine is five, not four. Because mm. as much Hunt hates it, I know he doesn't want to play it at club level, but at rep level, he's, oh, a, he's a very good nine. Excellent nine. And then, like we said before, they get the option there if they get an injury to play him as a 13 or an and extra half. I think between half. both of them in, in game one, I think they might have missed one tackle. Mm. So they did a good job. So, I yeah, it... It's not so much about their effectiveness. It's about, like you said before, running their tackle count up. Mm. And I think we, that's the same with us with both their halves as well. I think, especially Munster. Mm. If we don't get some traffic at Munster, we miss five. But I'd, it'd be yeah, that'd be the side I'd be going to with the early shift. I'd be wanting to get out to him to, uh, I'd be trying to run my back rower into his sternum all mm. day. And I want Fafita having all to come day. in and help him constantly. Yeah, because if we gas him out as well. He handled things pretty well game one. But that was my big question. If we got 50-50 share and we could play with them a bit, mm. what we could do to those two particularly. But if we leave them fresh and fast in attack. But it's field position for Queensland, right? So that's why a lot of what happens will depend on how New South Wales play in yardage. If you can be disciplined with your set and put in a corner, land on the kick, and just constantly make Queensland come out of their own end and be disciplined and not give them penalties out of their own end, then yeah, that's, that's the pathway end. to success. Like, might sound really, really simple, but Football's if we can just get our game, game really. get our game right coming out of our own end, yeah, like you said, minimise errors, play a style which is going to enable us to hopefully break them up early in the set, which means more set metres, which therefore means better field position. Uh, but I, I feel like if... Well, you look at what Queensland generated with less possession, less field position in game one. Hmm. If they get if that if those stats flip and they get twice as much footy and oh, they get fifty three percent of the ball, good luck. Absolute fucking bloodbath. That's what's scaring me. Because I don't think like I said, that plus the bin plus the injuries, I think there couldn't have been much more negative happening to them in game one. Go against them, yeah. You I lose agree. your back row fifteen minutes in. I agree. Roll in middles that you have to play, play guys out of position, and up with Cotter. Like, you don't want Cotter playing in the back row, really. You know who will defend there for you, but he's no threat with the ball. You essentially almost shut off one side of your field in that regard. But to finish up the way they did and win, that's why I'm just sitting there going, like, 
up there, like you said, nine times out of ten, they will get the rub of the green, but they earn the rub of the green up there. And they grow another leg. They're mental. I don't know whether they earn it up there. But... No, I think they've done most of the time, but that's why I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about the start than that, anything. That's like when we when we play here. like You just get a few more of those 50-50 calls. Yeah, that's the thing. I still would feel like here, most of the time, they still meet us and we don't get as much of it. Yeah, I don't know about that. So, I don't know. You got much more else to add? No. No, no I'm keen to just watch the game. Probably be angry. <laughs> I think you might be too. I hope not. But yeah. Also, I think like there's big, big stories here for a lot of people. I think more obviously on the New South Wales side, and that's the way the narrative's being built. Moses gets that opportunity, blue eye, a point year to prove that he's not just in the team because of Nathan, which is the big thing for a lot of people. Cook has been disappointed about missing out on squads in New South Wales. He gets a call up here. Like I hope a lot of people want to prove that point. And prove people wrong. And I hope they take that attitude there with them. Yeah. I hope Big Steph's not, you know, a deer in the headlights and with the minutes that he gets, he does his job. Just keeps it simple. Yeah. Just use your rig, mate. That's what you're there for. Good leg speed, good carries, no dumb offloads, nothing else. Make your tackles. Play 25, 30 good minutes. Yeah. But yeah, I think the biggest thing, and that was my question game one, I hope we get our new changes and all that right. If we lose and we play, get that side right and we have a red hot crack, well, then I can cop it. Yeah, but if it's fumbling and bumbling from the start and shit changes and set and forget plays again and we don't try to get through our middle and generate some second phase and play to what we've got in there which I think is majority runners well good luck mm. and I hope we embrace the hate because so many times like I said we've gone out there we're just a deer in the headlights yeah. fucking embrace the hate get stuck into him that's why I like a guy like a Hudson Young when they hooked him in game one I'm like I think you're taking away from where I think we need to head yeah. We need more people to the style of the Hudson Young yeah. to fucking give a bit of that back because so often it comes the other way around and we just cop it and deal with it. You're correct. That's missing. Yeah. That's why I don't have a problem with something like that. And I just thought it was way too premature to pull that. So yeah. time will tell, but we're getting there. It's time for predictions, mate. So let's go. Who you got? You got Queensland or New South Wales? Oh, I've got Queensland. By how much? Got my honest opinion. Yep. 12. Yep. Well, I got Queensland by 10. Who do you think will score first? Oh, the, the record up there for left winger is like eight of the last 10 or something ridiculous, I think. So I'm just going to go tall Argy off that. Their left winger. I think it'll be their right. So you're going Coates? I'll go Holmes. In the centres? Yeah. All right. In me and the match, I'm going Munster. I think uh, he's running earlier. He does what he did, like I said, the indication, the last game for Melbourne off the back of the Barry Crocker against the Cowboys. I'm very worried, so I'm going to go Munster. Yeah. I'll, um... I'll go. Yeah, there's a few, a few options here. I think Walsh is a good shout. I think Carrigan. Yeah. <laughs> I think I went DCE game one. Don't remember. I had the paperwork somewhere in my folder. DCE game one. I'll go, yeah, I might go um, Paddy Carrigan. There you go. Two South, New South Welshmen going all Queensland, which probably says it all. Well, just give me evidence to suggest yeah, that. exactly. I'll, that you're going to see something different. Yeah. But That's all I'm the odds for. for that, when we look at it with bluebet.com.au. If that all happens, I'm going to kick the shit out of my dogs. Hmm. 
The odds with bluebet.com. Come and get me, RSPCA. Dollar mm. forty six are the Maroons at the moment. Two seventy five New South Wales. Six and a half is the line. One to twelve Queensland. Two seventy five. One to twelve New South Wales is three eighty. Uh, Queensland thirteen plus two dollars eighty seven. New South Wales thirteen plus shan't be happening. Seven fifty. Uh, and those try scorer markets, like we said, first try Coates is the favourite at eight. Adokar, 8.50. Toto, 10. Tulagi, my pick, is 10. The Hammer, probably some good value there at 13. He loves a try. Turbo, 13. Val, for you, is 15, along with Teddy. Um, then Money, I think, wouldn't be a bad value. 17s. Critter, 17s. If you're going to go those back rowers, they're all pretty short, too. Nenai, 21. Young, 19. Fida, 17. I could say a dirty middle try to start the game. Just a filthy carry. Mm. You've buzzed it. Mm. But Benny Hunt, with what he's leaked out, could he grab a try? Doubt it. Doubt it. Yeah, unless there's a shit middle line break and he pushes through because he's quite sharp. Mm. And that man of the match market, like you said, no surprise. Munster, he's the favourite, $6. Walsh is at 7 Teddy's the first New South Welshman. He's at 9 Moses, 10 DCE, 11. Harry, 13. Hunt, 13. Tommy, 13. And Haas out at 19. And Carrigan, your man, 21. Okay. Big value there. Obviously, all the spine players are loaded up at the top. But mm. If you like Paddy, old Thor, the tuck back, you can get him at 21 bucks. Yeah. So, pretty hefty there. The old bluebet.com.au odds and that promo again, like I mentioned, Tommy Turbo or Hamiso to score any time in the first 60 minutes, three dollars. That's not too bad, not yeah. too bad at all. It's pretty maximum pretty 25 dollar bet, excludes South Australian residents. Four Terms and conditions two. apply. Sorry, South Australia, yeah. Don't know why you're out of that. What does your premier hate you so much? Never understood that. But what does your premiership premier hate you so much? But also remember, what are you really gambling with? For free and confident support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Origin is upon us. It is upon us. Will New South Wales come out from under the doona and have a red hot crack? Oh, I do hope so. Or will we be throwing fucking rice at a barn and not hitting the door? I do not know. And I guess we should finish off by probably mentioning what we just mentioned before. It was sort of leaked out last night that Hunt wants out, and then everyone was saying, well, we need to hear from Hunt. But then Buzz was on before saying that he spoke to his manager, and apparently they requested it a few weeks ago. So even though they've been saying that, you know, they'll talk to him after the coach or Flanagan's talked to him and he'll be playing half. Well, he wants out straight away. Apparently none of that's mattered, and they've just sort of ignored the message he wants out. And not just like you said. Out, he wants out now. I find it very strange to try and get out right now. There's not many teams that have the cap room or the move, I think, to be able to make that right now. Mm. Even with the time left. Like, you need a decent amount of cap space to fit him in right now with the months left. Absolutely, yeah. Where are we at? We're in June. Calendar year for the NRL runs up to October with the last pay a month. So you're going to get October, September, August, July. So you're going to pay four months. If his salary is close to a million buck or earnings, you need a good wacky cap left over mm. to pay out the rest of it, even if someone did let him go right now. It's oh, true. Yeah, that's that was one thing about the immediate thing. I'm like, you're not just a guy that's moving who's a fringy or a cup or an edge player. Like, to absorb a salary like that with the point that everyone's at with their caps and they have to spend a certain amount. Yeah. Like, fucking hell, I don't need to fit him in right now. 
And I, to be fair to the Dragons, and said this at the time, I was surprised he signed. Fuck you, Ben Hunt. Mm. You signed that contract. You stayed. If he wants to go, whoever wants him, I'm shaking him down. Yeah, yeah. I want players. I want cash. I want something. And I don't care. Oh, we'll give you this guy. I'm like, nah. Like, don't sign the deal. Yeah. And said at the time, I was surprised that he did stay. I'd heard that, you know, obviously he wanted to stay there and live there and he's happy. I thought the Dolphins or a few would have been in the mix, but like he was very vocal at the time about Hook and what they were doing. Like you knew all this stuff was a possibility. So mm. like I love him as a player, but thought similar deal. Like if he wants to win, he should have left. As a player. And clearly if that is the case and he, and he wants to win. If he thought like was it good enough to stay there and he thought like because Hook was there they were gonna win, that's a crock of shit. <laughs> if you're just staying because Hook's there and he's your mate and that was the go, well, it's fucking bad career choice because the writing was on the wall there pretty at the back end of last year when you signed the deal. Yeah. So it's a bit odd to be upset now because Hook's not there. You just want to roll through the next two years, collect cash and hang out with him. That's yeah, it's fair. The other thing for me though, when I look at the market too, and they're talking about the moves, for your mob who have been linked to him, like what are you going to do? You're going to give away all the young halves that you've put all this time into and sacrifice it for two mid 30 year old halves for two years <laughs> and then start again. Like, that's an absolute clusterfuck. Yeah. I'm going to go this way, right? And I, I, I'd hate to say it because I love the bloke. If you guys are going to get Hunt, you need to get rid of Foran, ASAP. <laughs> no, I'm fucking serious. He's got to go. Because you got Thomas Weaver, Toby Sexton, and I'm not the biggest fan of Tanner Boy, but he's been playing some good football. But you got three guys that are like Aussie schoolboy, backed up. They've been raving about this system. They've jumped off Sexton quicker than anything, replaced him with a 33-year-old. And now they're talking about bringing another 33-year-old and shit-canning all those kids they've put time into with their development system. They're just going to go elsewhere. Yeah. And then in two years, you fucking have me playing halfback for you. That's not really a good reality. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Oh, I don't know. Might have a lot of suspensions since we've raised forearms. Hopper style. Hopper style. But I'm like, if, if that's the go, as soon as they mention it, I'm like, well, I'm sorry, we can't have two 33-year-old halves. No, poor old Fozzie Bear, I'd be going, thanks for 12 months, Kieran. Yeah. Maybe go back to Manly or whatever else. Because as much as I love him, if you're going to mortgage your future on one of those kids for two thirty-three odds, in particular one who's held together by duct tape, well, that's not very good future. Mm, and no sure. offence again, Ben Hunt doesn't fix your defensive problems. He certainly he increases right. your attacker problems. Your your attack goes through the roof. But unless you guys are going to be the two thousand and three Panthers or the O five Tigers and score forty points every game and win, I don't see a premier a premiership. It's a huge move, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I don't think you can come at the expense of all those kids. Yeah. One of them has to go. So if they're going to do that, Fozzie's out. But out of the other moves, like they're talking about the dogs. Like, is the dogs a much better situation right now? Like we said, they're, they're no guarantee for the eight or finals next year either. No. So between them and the Dragons, I don't see a huge difference. And he's going to another rookie coach, realistically, or a second year coach he's going to be, he doesn't know. There's two moves on the market for me right here. And I know one of them got shut down the other day. Because Peyton come out and said the stuff about Chad's not true. But we know that where there's smoke, there's fire. If Chad's not happy and Chad wants to go out on the Cowboys and Queensland supposedly wants to go, because Wayne Bennett apparently doesn't want him, which again, I think is a load of BS. If he's available, he'll throw his hat in the ring. It's not the first time he's said he hasn't wanted someone. Hmm. But if I was the Cowboys and Ben Hunt become available and Chad was there in a good lick and wants to go, I'd happily move him into the halves with Tommy did. That's viable. Yeah. But does he want to go that far north? I don't know if it's a Queensland rumour per se. The other one for me, and again, it's not the greatest place to live and I've lived there. Canberra's a better situation than both the two teams that have been mentioned, in my, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Like I know Jack's going, but Fogarty's pretty steady. Wait, they, yeah, Hunt's he'd, there. He'd be an excellent. He's still free to be able to run a little bit more than pass and organise. They need to settle on a one and a nine. Still don't like their nine situation. But in terms of forward pack, back line and where their squad's at. But the overriding factor here for me in the end is if he was really, really fucking dead serious about winning, and that's the whole priority, I don't think any of these places can really offer him what he's after. I think he fucked up when he signed the deal when he did. Because you've left yourself mid-season with less options than a lot of people with sorted futures. Most yeah. of the clubs that you want to go to win a comp right now are sorted, settled and sorted. I can't see many of these other teams winning a comp in the next two years or wherever he's trying to go. So if it's about winning, I think that's horseshit. If it was about Hook, him, the deal, the setup, and how it was, if anything, you've got a better coach now, in my opinion. Situation, I think, is going to get better. But all the sort of options that have been flooded out there, I, even you, I could definitely see you guys getting the eight and being a loosey-goosey sort of thing, but I can't see you winning a comp. Beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. You dropped that one. Our defence isn't good enough to win a comp. No. At the moment. And that's not going to turn just because Ben Hunt comes to you, too. Well, it might. If he might help it. He's not going to help us actually make tackles. No, and that's my point. It's it's not Ben Hunt. It's the others I'm worried about. Yeah, you got a good forward pack. You got some good strike weapons, but you're all attack, no D, no defence. You might score forty, but you'll concede fifty. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's just my old two cents. But I just found it funny. Like this team, this team. I'm like, well, to be fair, a lot of the situations aren't much better. Or if they're a little bit better, they're still not teams I'm looking at going. If this is about winning a premiership, in the words of our man Hoops, I don't see one. Yeah. I think the next few comps are going to a couple of clubs that are pretty well sorted in those areas. Yeah. So unless, you know, a Munster or someone left Melbourne and he was like, I'm out, I'm going to go to Melbourne, or South didn't get Jack Whiten or one of these guys wasn't going to be in their halves and Ilias wasn't there and, you know, or Penrith suddenly went to Luai next year, guess what, you, you want too much money. And Ben Hunt was like, hey, I want to bail now. Can I come to Penrith for... Two years. Like I, I think most of the teams, or Brisbane, Brisbane don't need him. Yeah. Like the four, saw four or five teams I sort of look at are pretty much sorted. The ones that I think are going to be competing for for titles. True. Cowboys, to me, if there is one, if that ever does happen about Chad, is probably the best situation of the ones that actually have real openings. Are or you're hearing of if it's Titans, Dogs, and Raiders, I'd probably go to the Raiders. So would I. That's me. So would I. And if not, I'd go to the Titans. The dogs would be my last choice. Obviously, personally, I'd like to see him go to the Gold Coast Titans. Oh, 100%. I think it'd be the most fun up there. I think the dogs, like, why you sit there and go, well, they'll have me, Burton, Reed, Marnie, Fox, Kikau when he's healthy, Crichton. I'm like, okay, you got five or six really quality players, but what's at the back end of your roster? Mm. Who are your centres and your back line going to be next year if you're flipping all those kids? Who are your middle forwards? Who's your backup forwards? Mm. Who's your depth? Don't see it. You've got six or seven really high-end players and then the rest is average. And again, like this year, you get a couple of injuries, look what's happened. Yeah, it's true. Getting lipped. If I'm him, I just... Yeah, I I, I don't know. If it was all that, like I said beforehand, it was just the hook thing, he probably should have seen the right on the wall. That's hard to feel sorry for him. Yeah. He should have bailed. He had the chance. So, I don't know. I'd be standing my ground. If it's your mob, I'd ask for something stupid. If it's the Bulldogs, I'm asking for kids and cash. Like, if it does get to that point. But it, unless they're just at a point where Flanagan's like, well, fuck it, this buys me more time for the rebuild. I'll commit to the kids, get rid of him. I'll spend the money right now. 
or we're going to have an absolute stack Yeah, I'm of with money. you. I, I'd be... I'd push the point to an extent. Hmm. If it's irresolvable, yeah. I want to move him now. I want to start next year fresh. Yeah, I would. I don't want to go into my off-season having to worry about... No. Nah. You know... Talk and him fucking... Yeah, all that he, stuff. He's been pretty free yeah. on the mic this year. Mm. So if he's not on board, if I can't get something for him, well, I'm going to be like, you know what? Board. If he was on board, he wouldn't have asked for a release. It's going to be hard to spend that money now. Really? And the issue is now, right? Flanagan publicly has said that he's spoken to Ben Hunt. So mm. it actually looks like... Then he could play He half. doesn't have a lot of influence over Ben Hunt. Which is also going to play, play a, a well, role in this as I well. I think he's gripes more of the club than him, but if that was the point... The, other, the other point is, right, every other club in the NRL has now got the Dragons over a barrel because they know he wants a release. Mm. So... Well, still, they've got him for two years, so... I understand that. If you're them. I understand that, but he's not going to play good footy. He's going to be agitating. It's going to be constantly a talking point, well, which is something. what the Dragons have been for however, however long now. Hmm. I, I'd be trying to eliminate as much of the off-field distraction and talk as possible. Yeah, I'd be trying to get something in return, but it's going to be difficult. Anyway. I was going to say, I'd ask you guys for a hooker, but can't help me out there. You just yeah. got Verrills, and he's injured a lot, so that's not going to happen. Well, wherever he's going, I'd be asking for a half. If it's the Cowboys, I'd definitely be asking for one of those kids. I'd be looking for Tom Duffy or Burke or one of their junior guns. Again, yeah. right? But that, in that case, is he not committed to thing, a, It's not the NBA or the NFL. It's not is he not, yeah, no, You have they, to they assume have to that the other one wants to go. And, and it's harder to get kids from up north. A lot of them do stay there. They're not going to want to go to the Dragons. And if it's a Sydney club, well, like the Bulldogs again, like... Realistically, I, I think the Dragons need to go, you know, Sullivan, Amone, Sloan. Yeah, move in that direction and, yeah, put some money into a nine. That's the, that's the direction. Or I they go jab at the hut style and lock up and then go, you're playing hooker now for the next two years. Good luck. If that's how you feel, you're going to tackle until you apologize. Apologize, <laughs> 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 Ben. You're going to play 80 every week in the middle. Yeah. You're going to have a head like a busted sausage by the time we're finished with you. Mm. A porridge ass. Put him in the, the chokey in the middle of the field. Just go, enjoy Ben. You're going to earn every dollar of that 900000 or million dollars in the last two years, brother. But interesting. Very interesting. But there you go. Good win on the weekend for you, mate. Yeah, it was a great win. Two in a row? Three in a row. Bit the Bears. Oh, no, you had a draw. Had a draw. Sorry, that wasn't a win. But yeah, good as a win. Still a point. Drew against Newtown as well. Yeah, no, since the bye in round Is cut nine. top five or have they decided this top year? Top five. We've got South this week. It's not like last be. year when I was messaging back and forth and they were posting that they're in the hunt now for the eight. are in the hunt for the And eight. I was like, well, it's a top eight now. They're going to ask a top five. I go, what the fuck do you keep putting up that yeah. there's a top eight? Because Arthur's not talking to Martha. Like, seriously, figure it out. So, yeah, look. So where are you guys sitting now? Uh, where are we sitting in terms of... Top win? five. Wins? Draws? Yeah, or top five. Where where are you? Uh, six at the moment. Yeah, and how far off? Equal, one off? Uh, well, we're a game and a half out of fifth. Okay. So, the Warriors... To the top five at Warriors the Warriors have also played an extra game because we, we've had the two buys. So, yeah. the whole... Yeah, the, the draws... And the table is all... So realistically, all things even, if you win that game, you're We need to... Like, South are now same points as us. Yeah. But they've had had two more wins than us. 
because they haven't had a buy, which yeah, is, yeah. oh, sorry, they haven't had a, they've had one buy and no draws. Yeah. So we've essentially had seven wins because two draws. Yeah. Six wins and two draws. So really seven wins. The Warriors are in the eight uh, with eight wins. South have won eight as well. So realistically, we lose to South, we'll, yeah, fall sort of two back, two and a half back. Yeah. But in the next few weeks, the good thing is we've got South, we've got the Bears, we've so got playing the Jets, a lot of teams in around where you are. The Raiders, yeah. So they're so, essentially four-point games. They're either going to push you out of contention or they're going to pull you into contention. Yeah, essentially. It'll, yeah, pretty much We play the Bulldogs game. last round. We play the Warriors second last round. Yeah, so you're going to have to beat uh, everyone. We play Penrith late as well, so they're all top five teams. Yeah, you need to win three uh, of them at least. Yeah, we've still got to play Rabbitohs again, Dragons again, Raiders again. Roosters, we're going to play twice, who are second last. So mm. that, mind you, they're playing a lot better footy now than what they were early in the year. So again, yep. you just don't know what's going to happen with first grade. But look, yesterday, to put a score on Parramatta, I think it was 34-4 at half time. If you get a chance to look at the highlights, you know, I thought our attack, particularly... some good tries. Yeah, first half was, yeah, was really impressive. Mm. Really, really good. Bartu Fane was... Yeah. Well, again, if you're a Manly fan, took, watch a, step, it. took a step forward. Yeah, have it was, a look. Um, impressive, and he's some of the things that we're asking him to do. He's he's starting to understand, and uh, yeah, just his ability to, like I was talking about before, just not have a play, have a shot, and then go I'll lay a line for me, and then I'll have another shot. Just being able to yeah go sequence again. and go. Okay, well, the ball's gone here. What are my options on the next play? Okay, the ball's on the sideline. All right, oh, this is the shape we run off the sideline. But within that shape are four or five options. Yeah. So he's just, I think, intellectually, it's been a lot for him to digest as well. I think oh, he's, he's been playing against kids and physical and tools he's generally getting those guys training with the NRL, which is great. Yeah, there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of good things happening. I think the flag, they've, they've kicked up as well. We pushed a few of our um, guys that are on flag age who probably needed to be tipped out a little bit. We tipped a few of them yeah, back, back and flag, flag have tip, ticked up, which is good. Hmm. Good for everybody. So, yeah, between sort of flag and cup and, you know, NRL are right in the fight. So, yeah, well, they're going the to need club, to get some wins the next few weeks. Everyone in the club needs to be more consistent. It's getting out of touch otherwise. But, yeah, the weekend certainly sort of hurt NRL. But, yeah, this week will be big against Melbourne. Yeah. If it's a loss there and a couple of results around them, well, then it's going to start to become a bit of a struggle. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they need to get a move on, that's for sure. If you're a Parramatta or a Bulldogs fan, I had an absolute belter on the weekend for that Central West Conference. St. Christopher's and Cabramatta, there's a lot of kids there that were part of Matt's squads um, on both sides. And a lot, because of the age groups changed, they'll all be playing next year. Yeah. I reckon there was easily, you know, 15 to 20 kids that will all be playing Harold Matt's for those two teams next year. Yeah. So really good quality game. A few guys already did play this year. There was, I think, two that played Mats on the para side and the front row, Atula Sebo, who played for Chrissy's, was part of the, the winning team for the Dogs. He can play again next year. I I know it's a big ask, but physically, I don't know what their SG ball side's like, but if it was like it was like this year, it wouldn't surprise me if he jumps an age. Yeah. Just go straight up to SG ball, plays no one needs. He's a freak. Yeah. But, yeah, if you're looking for that, if you're a fan of Dogs or Eels and you want to see your kids of the future... Go to the Paramount Eels Junior Rugby League Facebook page, those games every week, 5pm, but they're there to watch afterwards. Like I said, I've been really impressed so far. I was talking to you, probably the biggest thing for both these comps, just, there's not as much structure. 
it was a big problem with a lot of junior footy for a while where you're watching I'm like everyone's just trying to go block block and bull crap like some really good stuff here jumping short sides playing off offloads like just trying to actually play footy which is what kids should be doing it's yeah. entertaining to watch you want to go watch 16 robots at park football you want to see energy intent and, and some good footy and that's probably the other good thing no surprise you're 15, 16 years old and someone tells you they're going to have a commentator and a camera there Yeah, the boys are turning up for it they got the wristbands on the hair looks good seen a lot of fresh fades and hairdos but they get stuck in so from that that side of things, it's been awesome. Yeah. And probably the best part, to make the last point before we wrap up, you never know how a comp's going to work out, but there's a huge log jam in the top like five or six. It's a top five. There's 10 teams. Uh, when he's undefeated at the moment, but every even the wins they've had at the top end, they've won by two and four. They've had to eke out these games. But all the teams in the top five or six have all beaten each other. So it's in a, it's in a spot where whoever lands in the top five, I think anywhere from one to five could win which is also a real positive. You don't want someone just flogging everyone or being yeah. a clear standout. So from that perspective and what the goal of it was and then producing quality games across two regions to produce better players for their match teams, I think both would be very happy with how this is working out so far. Yeah. Eels were in the semi this year. Dogs won it. And then to look what this is producing by playing their best against each other in their junior rugby league, it's brilliant. And you need to adapt. This is the point we made about changing demographics in junior areas or less juniors or less teams, registrations. Paramount's junior area certainly changed. That's over right. time with the housing situation and people being moved out. It's not the same demographic it was. They're producing less players or having less juniors. Yeah, Dogs, I don't know as much about, but again, I, like if, the, if this situation is helping both sides and they're mutual, which they are, and it's helping everyone's quality and what you push it through, well, then it's a win all around. That's but true. to actually see the product as a neutral who's not from either areas, it's been fantastic. So, stacked. Yeah. But who you got this week? South. There you go. Yeah, South. At Huge Manly or Lockdown on Sunday, 3 o'clock. We're going to do the review anyway, so we'll chat about that. Mm. Well, what's it today? It's Sunday. We probably won't do it on Origin Night. Cause it's no, late. we'll do it Thursday night. Like we did last, last Thursday, night. we'll do the same thing. We'll review. We'll preview the round. Give our tips and bets. Is a Thursday game this week? Oh, no, it's the girls, nah, isn't it's it? it's always the Friday. Are the girls on again? Origin 2? I don't know. They were the day after last week. I think they named... Uh, the... Last year, sorry. Last year. Last, last game. Last, last game. Last date of Origin game. I haven't seen much. Origin women's game too. I'm pretty sure it is. It's... Not after get the draw up, mate. Have a look at it. Mate. I've got, mate, just... Just fucking back off, all right? Don't rush me. 22nd of June. So, yeah. They're Thursday at uh, Townsville. So, there's a couple of changes there. Julia Robinson, I think she got suspended. So, Talisha Harden and Sienna Lafipo is in. And for New South Wales, Ellie Johnston, Rachel Pearson out. Samama is back. Samama Tulfa. Yeah, she that's was out. Mine's... Tiana, uh, Tiana Panatani, quality player. She's back in as well. She was in the commentary box. And Cassie Tohi Hiku. So in, she's the 18th. But in particular, those two changes that they've made, Samaima and Tiana Panatani are two vets on that side of things. So that's that's a pretty handy get for them. Mm. And I think it was Kelly who had the throat issue. She's clear. She's the reason that Robinson suspended. Yeah, so. yeah. Whether she's actually clear in the mind oh, is a different I don't know, side, but that, that's, that's two massive ends for them. Yeah. But huge. it's a weird series because it's not a game of three. It's on aggregate. So 
Technically, at the moment, they're down by eight. Eight now. So they have yeah. to win. And Gus asked this other day, his broadcast actually found a pretty good question. He's like, all right, so what if they win by eight? Is it a draw? Or do they go to golden point? And I was like, it's a fucking good point. It'd be a pretty draw. shit to just be, go to a draw. It'd be a draw. That's rubbish. Okay. If not... Don't do, shoot the messenger, mate. Do, I know, but it's just fucking two games. Like, what are you thinking? Hmm. If they both win by eight, they are. It's a draw. So what kind of fucking result's that? I'd yeah. be making it now. And if, if you win by eight, we're having GP. It's on. Or you do the old aggregate thing, which would be the same result. You start the scoreboard as 18-10 and you play on, which again, just makes no sense to me. It's not a test match. Have a three-game series. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then they rant and raved about the ratings were so good. I'm like, well, you've, you've been going about the last few years and the proof isn't the pudding yet. So if they're good, play a fucking three-game series. And it's perfect. There's no football on that night. Yeah. Men play Wednesday, women play Thursday, and the round kicks back off on Friday. Everybody wins. They played it at Combank, then they've gone up to North Queensland. You could go to Dolphin Stadium if you want to bring it down to Brisbane if you're worried about getting 55,000 or whatever at Suncorp. Or in Sydney, same deal. You pick another good stadium. Yeah. You take it Allianz if you want to go to another Sydney stadium that's got 30 or so thousand seats. There's options there. But two games, what is this? Bloody hell. Breaking news. That is the dumbest thing you could have ever done. <laughs> Breaking news. Please. I don't understand. The answer to that one is a pineapple. Two-game series. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, seriously. That's like thinking that a Kit Kat, when you break it until you share it. Let me tell you, if I have a Kit Kat, you are not getting half. I eat the whole thing. I don't break it. Right. Oh, and the other one. Got a couple of messages about full cream. Some support, some not. If you don't support full cream, seriously, just like I said, fuck off. All right? I'm all about full cream. I think it was Chris. He said on there, like, why you were germaphobe? You're from Western Sydney. about you you showering. And then told me to try almond milk. Chris, I've tried almond milk, skim milk, all the milk. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, they're all shit, mate. If it's not from the cow, I don't want it. I want full cream. Real milk. Yeah. But enjoy the cricket. I think he said it was at the test match. I'm jealous of it, you lucky bastard. At this test match that we've got on right now. Oh, I'm pretty sure. That's out. That's out, Kenneth, me boy. We've got it on in the background here. They're looking for a review or what the deal? There's been some fucking shit umpiring in this test. Well, didn't we get two in the, fir- uh, the first innings? I think there was a gap. Well, if there's a fucking gap, mate, you don't refer it, Patrick. It was Chris. He said he was going to the test at Edge Bashing this week. Yeah, what day? I don't know. He might be there right now. He might be there right now. And like you said, tell me to Watching try... Watching the Australians take the premiership. Try almond milk for a week and call me. There's <laughs> a massive gap. What like are they appealing? Yeah, what? Almond milk, was to me, was just like chewing my coffee. I actually like to drink it. What do you mean chewing your coffee? It was fucking thick. It was rubbish. It tastes oh, really? like soil. If I'm going to eat almonds, I'll just eat almonds. And, and to be fair, as a guy who's not really big on almonds in general, I fucking don't want them on my coffee. All right? I've had almond milk. I don't mind it. You're weird. Right. And what was the other one he said here for you? I've Brock seen... of multiple showers fame. Big units who are germaphobes need clinical testing. And you're also from the deep west of Sydney. Stop using all the water. <laughs> Same <laughs> fucking war again, but Chris, it's uh... fucking overflowing. <laughs> Shut up, buddy. I'm doing me, doing me little bit for Sydney. Remember that? They're like, oh, you turn your taps on. And Killerosaurus was one who said to me, 100% full fat milk boys by the gallon. I love it. Fucking oath. Right on board with that. Yeah. Well, when your ticker's about to explode, you gotta you got to do some shit. Mate. I'm never getting off full cream. 
Was it, before, was it before I had me friggin' I was I was having me What the hell made you try armor milk? You picked that up by mistake, sure. No, I I had one of the coffees at the cafe out the road and it was one of their like it was a Biscoff latte or something like that. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try one of them. I was feeling funky one day. I took Lila <laughs> in to get a a milkshake. I was like, yeah, I'll have a coffee. Fucking why not? Man, and it was you a, were a man who didn't eat bacon for God knows how many years. Biscoff latte, and yeah, I I had it. I was like, just tasted a little bit different, and I was like, different, nice. And so I asked the bloke, "Yeah, yeah, mate, it comes with like that's with almond milk." Like, oh, okay. Oof. Yeah, so, no. Mate, it was yeah, it's just probably a little bit thinner and a little bit sweeter. Is how I describe it. I've only gone other milks when I've had no choice. I find full cream milk thick. That's how I. Bah. I've noticed no difference between skim milk and full cream milk oh, I do. taste and especially when I used to water. put it on my wheat bix and other things I'm like this just might as well put water in it you know yeah if I of... drink it like just drink the milk on I cereal taste the that made me but think of Willie, Willie Jones put some damn water on that shit yeah, oh, no. yeah of course yeah. terrible but with um full with coffee cream. I haven't notice the difference at all another thing as well like I know we're mass coffee connoisseurs over here compared to everywhere else even in Europe when I went there no one was offering me <clears throat> almond skin, this, that, the other. They're just, bang, normal milk. It's like, there shouldn't even be a fucking question, right? Just full cream from the cow, as intended. Life's yeah. greatest vending machine, the cow. Life's <laughs> vending machine, Mate, yeah, right. Steaks. I'd love to the, see you fucking milk a All cow. the nice cuts of meat. <laughs> what you can make out of milk. What does milk give You'd you? You'd be giving it a fucking hand shandy. Milk gives you butter, <laughs> gives you yogurt, gives you ice cream. All the good stuff comes from this thing. And you just want fucking almond milk. What's yeah. wrong with you? Bless the cow. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going running for almond milk, but I hope not. How do, how, I, I, question: How do you milk the almonds? Oat milk is is nice. I'm nah, anyway, I'm just man. I'm just saying. Bit I'm, of free I'm shooting it. You. I'm shooting it down. I can do what you want with it. Just full cream. I'm sticking with it. Is it hosing down? Oh, it's raining. Where's this at? The cricket. It's raining, mate. It's just me, or is that Crawley look like he's got fake tan on? He's a bit patchy. He's a ringer. Oh, well, there you go. Bit patch. He's an anger. Oh, mate. They'll get the pot out. Look at them. They're all scrambling for the ponchos. Mate, stay out there. No. Let the pitch get wet. They've pulled her. They've pulled the covers on. Pat's like, let's just stay for a few more drops. Yeah. Put a bit more moisture in that tip. Dig your feet in. Get some potholes. Look at this thing. It's like a fucking hovercraft. Look at this bloke. He's got the ugliest head I've ever seen in my life. Looks like a thumb. Rough. What's he saying? He's giving a bit of chat to him, is he? Nah, Cummins is just like... Pat's got the arms crossed. It's coming down. Not happy, Pat. For the premiership. His old mate on the, the Knox. He's got the binoculars on. What's doing? Just really disliking. Lenny, ah, so. Rasmus from South Africa, yeah? He, mate, as, as I was saying before... You had a Barry? Some of the shittest calls I've ever seen. Well, I didn't watch much of it, but I heard that we won a few reviews or yeah, a few no calls and we went down. Yeah, There's one that was plum LB and he's fucking giving it not out. Like, what are you watching, son? You want to take him up to the car park and give him the old odd vibe? There was yeah. one where there was a nick and like it's <laughs> it's been caught. Everyone knows it's out. And he goes, nah. 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 Well, okay. Referred it. Clear nick. Out. Come on, Rasmus. Yeah, cross arms. Finger he's out. fucking new Rudy Kurtzman. Rudy Kurtzman. Really uh, I swear he was asleep some stage when he was on prime. Probably. I'd fall asleep if I was on prime too. Oh, boring as batshit sometimes. 
rather be watching any TV shows this week. Oh, I can't remember. When was the, when was the last time we potted? I did a few more Yellowstone. Tuesday. No Ted. Mrs. is like covering her face and crying and stuff, and I was like, "Dear Lord, like I hate this show now. There's too much going on. I'm like, it's a TV show. Oh, get a grip, off. Just sort it out. It's not yeah, that bad." Um, no Ted Lasso, mate. No, I haven't started. I'm fucking off you. You just. I'll watch it on my own because the last time I'm going to suggest it. To I don't have Apple TV. It's the only bloody thing I don't have. You're dead to me, mate. So I'll have to get it. Yeah. But I need it when I've got time off to like binge it, get a good good crack at oh, it. The problem is you. Other than that, nah. Steve O'Keefe, come on, mate. Socky. What are you doing with your hair, son? Not the old, the back spike. I don't know what it is, yeah. The back spike. The back spike. It's a back spike. It's an odd palette of colours that they've got for the dress-up. Roz is in, like, you know, the dark forest green. Yeah, what's going on? And there? then you've got Finchie, who it looks like they've given him half the wardrobe for Wednesday's State of Origin. Yeah, He's got maroon that. pants and... Maroon sorry, jacket. Maroon jacket, navy pants and a sky blue shirt. And then old Socky's got three shades of blue and the brownest burgundy red shoes I've ever seen. It looks like he's wearing ugly. Good, good weekend for sport. The F1s are on in the morning. The golf's on in the morning. I haven't been following much of the golf, but I watched the last round. Nah. All I've seen is obviously all the live stuff sort of popped up and Greg Norman's nowhere to be found and all the guys that didn't take the money are probably filthy now. They are. Because they all stuck up for the PGA and were like, yeah, we're on board. And then all the fucking guys who went and got paid have just come back <laughs> going, Woo! <laughs> Let's go. How good. I'd be filthy too if the PGA's like, yeah, we need to speak out and come together and do all this stuff. Oh, take money and run. Oh, can't blame him. Oh, knucklehead. It's played a... When I watched that big swing show, whatever it was, and it was just like, blokes going, I was like, can you can you blame him? I can't. I can't it's like career earnings, this amount of money, sign-on fee, like three times the amount. I'm like, done. Done. Like generational wealth. Literally. Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah. It is what it is. Like Brooks Kepka or something like that. Like, oh, he's won comps. They offered him like $400 million. He's not going to make that in God knows how many years. Now not only has he got that money, but now he's back playing in the PGA anyway. Win-win. True. Or like the older fella who was on there. I can't remember his name now. It wasn't Colin Montgomery or whatever his bloody name was. And he was like, my whole career has only been this much. His sign-on fee was as much as he'd made in his whole career anyway. Like, he might lose his PGA card. He was coming to the back end. And he's like, for me, it just makes sense. I'm like, I don't blame him. And everyone brings up the moral issue. I'm like, well, for the most part, any company that sponsors are involved in most sports, if you want to do a real deep dive, there's a lot of things with you know questionable morals output factories and God knows what if you want to really delve into it going on a rant oh, I'm just saying like they're all bringing that up I'm like at the end of the day they play golf alright yeah you want to get them on politics or whatever else they're blokes who hit a little white ball it's a bit of blood someone money. walks up and goes he's 400 million I'm like well who do you think owns half the clubs you support in the Premier League and everywhere else or other companies that have questionable know, practices all over the joint Let, let's fucking, let's calm down on the moral side of things alright mate there's bad money coming from a lot of places and things we enjoy okay mm. how about you just enjoy it for what it is I like sport I don't delve too deep and if someone put a 400 million dollar check in front of me to hit a ball I'd be like can, mm. can I take it I'm in. Had some slow cooker ribs tonight. Fucking unreal. Nice. It like Very the, nice. It was the premiership of eating. Nothing wrong with that. But bit of sweet baby rays on there. Eight hours in the slow cooker. Mate. Air fried chips. Ugh. Good times. 
Bang. Had a couple of beers uh, after the game yesterday at Parramatta RSL. It's a good joint, Parramatta RSL. Just up the road from Combank Stadium. A short walk. It's not a short walk, but yeah, it's shortish. It's reasonable. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's manageable. It wasn't in fucking long pants and shoes yesterday. It's off that behaviour. Mm. 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 Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. I'll get it up at 5 a.m. It's almost been nice. Cut the screen now, Mitch. I want to go to bed, mate. Go to bed then, mate. That's what I'm going to do. So, there you Shut go. it off. Quick bit of the uh, review, the origin preview. We'll be back Thursday night. I've got an article, actually, tomorrow coming out on the Raw. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Ask me to do a that- little origin piece. Old, old Mike. Mikey. Got you in? He's a good human, Mike. Hmm. I've liked him for years, mate. Mm. Mm. He's moved to Australia. He's finally... So there you go. Where that, That's on the raw. Yeah, well, I'll post it You post it on, on the page, anyway. Post it up on ours. So you'll see that. But we'll be back Thursday night. We will uh, review Origin 2, which hopefully is the New South Wales greatest ever victory or one of their best victories, we can hope. But I don't have a lot of faith. Are we going game three? If, if... I'm going. Yeah. It's an Origin. They've already robbed us of having two games a year. A, I'm at least going to attend the one that's it's there. Not an origin. And if we don't game through, it's a dead I, rubber. It's not an origin. I expect sorry. us to turn up and just try to bludgeon them, even though it means nothing. I hate the fact we play dead rubbers. Well, you know why they play dead rubbers again? TV, advertising dollar, cash. Well, they're going to yeah. So be far more money in it if New South Wales won. Oh, hundred percent. I I have a mate today asked me because he wanted to buy tickets, and he goes, "They've only got certain allocations." I'm like, "Well, I can tell you right now." For what? Go through. Yeah, I said if they if they lose, he doesn't want to go. It's like that. I said if they lose, <laughs> that's right. I'm with him. Yeah, if said if they lose, it'll be open slather. It'll give tickets away. Basically, I said if yeah. they win, they'll fucking jack the prices to the roof, and yeah. you'll be paying a hundred and something dollars to sit in a shit seat up the nosebleeds. Yeah, that's right. 100%. That's what they'll do. You're spot on. Because he was like, oh okay, because he wants to take your kids and all that, and I'm like, it's highway robbery. Yeah. Take a that, That's why they release them so early now. Just sell them before the results even. Hmm. You know, within question before. But again, eighty-eight thousand seats or whatever compared to fifty, like they, they always yeah. sell it. But up down here for a dead rubber, when questionable at times in general, but off the back of that for a n- nothing game, you're lucky to get half full. I went to a dead, the only dead rubber I think in the mid two thousands. I think we barely got fifty, hmm. and it did feel pretty empty. Yeah, and Any, I'm pretty, anything. Pretty sure we got swept too. So yeah, it wasn't exactly a great. Great ending. There was people bailing out at the end. I was like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. But hopefully that's not Especially the case. Mid, like midweek. Mm. If it's a weekend. But I'll, I'll be probably the one thing I'll be really interested to see is the team they go with. Will they clean house for game three if that's the case? Or will he go down on Exord with Tedesco and all the blokes and bring him back and go, well, I'm just picking what I'm picking. Because to be, to be completely honest, I think most people think that if, be, I, if it's a lost series, he loses his job. Yeah, because he'll be three he and three. Do you think he quits or he gets moved on? Oh, I think they'll move him on. But like, if we're being honest, I think he's had probably the best crop we've had to pick from in a long time, and we're three and three. I reckon we should be minimum four and two. If anything, I reckon, if I'm being honest, I think we should have gone five and one in this stretch. I've got a I've got an opinion around that, right? Around what should happen if we get beat in game two. I'll talk about it. Ask me if we get beat. All right. In the review. Well, we'll wrap it up then. So thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with the True Blue Bookie. Look out for that promo $3 for Hammer or Turbo to score any time in the first 60 minutes. Max bet 25 bucks.
buckaroos. You try a bit of almond milk between now and... I've tried it, mate. I don't want it. I'm not, done. Not you. I'm on the cow. You stick to the almond milk. I don't like almond milk. I'm having skim, I'm I haven't skim or whatever you call it. Yeah, Light no. milk or whatever None it is. None of that for me either. But remember, um, what, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thank you, Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby and the team there. Corner of York Road and Bat Street. Visit him, their social media, their website, sinclairhyundai.com.au or give him a buzz. If you want to chat to him on the landline, the old Telstra on the wall. Four seven six zero zero six zero three, and uh, there was no power rankings tonight, so I didn't get Penrith Solar in there. But Jake and the team eighteen hundred twenty twenty nine thirty, PenrithSolar.com.au. Go to the showroom of Elon of Penrith one hundred thirty eight Bat Street, Jemison Town. Mention that, or you're big on solar panels or the future or energy, and the bloke will fucking talk you into oblivion. He loves it. You reckon who can talk more? Oh, you Elon. If it's about energy, him. I'll fucking fall asleep in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But if you want to talk about solar or anything like that, he'll get you. Solar. You got the bloody Tesla. I think the other week I seen on his thing, he test drove an electric motorcycle. I saw that. It was a Harley. Yeah. I thought, looks like the fucking Batman bike from yeah. the Christian Bale. It did. Version. Yeah, it did. You're right. Yeah, straight away I had the Dark Knight music kind of head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck like, yeah. He's on. Um, but there you go. That wraps us up. Fingers crossed for all New South Wales fans out there. Give us some hope. Yeah. Lord. Hopefully Joey's anger flows through to the players and the death steering. What a mess that. that. Heck oh, good. I want to turn that on. He's now, angry. Actually. They need to take a page out of his book and hate Queensland. He does. He does. He, I, he I fucking love hates fact, Queensland. Yeah, good. <laughs> he's still, he's not even playing. He's just on a panel show and he was still furious. I'm with him. He yeah. Honestly, if Munster was within reach, I reckon he would have killed him with his bare hands. He should do the pre-game Lewis Shepard talk. Just the spray. Yeah. Well, good. More people need to do it. People aren't angry enough these days. I'm not sure he'd be able to articulate it through those teeth, but... (laughs) (laughs) You'll have a spit, you reckon? No, they just... The the players get the choppers and they can't. They struggle to speak. because they fucking get them Him and Willie Mason are the two worst. Willie Mason, I listened to their pod the other way. He speaks pretty well now. No, I know that. I think he's got used to the team. When he initially got them put in, I was like, (laughs) like, mate, I can't understand what he's saying. Brandon Smith and all these players got their chomps done already. I'm like, you're still playing footy. What if someone smashes your mouth? Why would you get your chompers done? I don't know. They all get these big pearly whites. I'm like, Yeah, no, no, I get it. But while you're playing, just brush your fucking teeth and take care of them. Unless you've got a crooked Barry Beef. Fair enough. Work with the set you got. I've got couple smashed it at the front of my mouth. I only got one lock sort of chipped later on. Other than that, I'm pretty happy with you, Barry Blue. I'm married now, punching over. So I go every six months to the dentist and get my clean up and check, me. mate. Just stay on top of it. It's not happening. Dental hygiene, mate. She comes to me and says you need to get your teeth fixed. I say you need to fix your attitude. <laughs> There's something else that can be fixed for free. Mm. All right? Your attitude. No Invisalign, no braces, mm. none of that. Just, just, just fix just it. Just sort it out, mate. That's all right. All right? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can you finish? We are finishing. So there we go. All the best to everybody out there. Enjoy Origin on Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday, but for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 